Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this episode is called High Gun Voltage, as we'll be talking about. You almost couldn't believe what you were reading. I know. And you know why I can't believe it? Because I didn't write the title correctly on our little, like, one <laughs> sheet here. It said right High Gun Voltage or High Gun Volt, and I'm like, what's that mean? <laughs> so I had to figure it out. So Maybe we're totally not scripted. No, not in the least bit. It's more like just spark notes. Anyway, so High Gun... Cliff notes? Cliff notes, spark notes, same difference. Uh, so, pink monkey notes? What? Did you ever use pink monkey notes? Is that a thing? What are pink monkey notes? It's like an alternative, like if cliff notes and spark notes weren't really doing it for you, you want something a little more detailed. Are those real? Yeah. You're making this up? No, I'm Who serious. calls it pink monkey notes? That doesn't even make... Anyway, this episode <laughs> of Random Podcast is called High Gun <laughs> Trust me, it's not something weird or it sounds inappropriate. Weird. It, so- it sounds like you doused a monkey in Pepto-Bismol and told it to give you cliff notes. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, now you're looking it up to prove well, it's real. Uh, I believe you. No, it just doesn't make I'm sense. Curious anyway, still we have actual there. Nintendo things to talk about at some point in this podcast. So, um, this episode's named after Gunvolt, uh... Azure Striker Gunvolt, which is a new 3DS game from the guys who made Mega Man Zero, and we have impressions later in the show of that entire game, well, what I've played so far, a good chunk, as well as Mighty Gunvolt, which is a Mighty Number no. 9 Gunvolt hybrid 8-bit demake thing, so we have impressions of that later in the show, along with a give a ch- a info on how you can win yourself a copy of Mighty Gunvolt from us. But before that, of course, we always have news, and this episode's kind of a blend in that it's not just strictly news, and we're not strictly doing impressions at the end, we're kind of mixing them all together. So, we were at GameStop Expo uh, a week and a half ago yeah, or so, still running. and played the likes of... Oh, it's still going? Yeah. Crazy. Well, I'm glad Pink Monkey's still in business. They they got rid of their mascot, though. Was it a monkey and Pepto-Bismol? Uh, it, was a punk- it was a monkey with pink hair and a banana, but it was, like, crudely drawn. Oh. Yeah, now it just looks like a regular boring sight. Yeah. The random of the Random Tale podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, the economy hit some people hard. What? The economy hit some people yeah, hard. Yeah, they had to let the monkey go, the groovy drawn monkey. Yeah. But anyway, as I started to say, we were at GameStop Expo a week and a half ago. Or, well, me and Elvis. And Elvis couldn't be here on this episode because he isn't Elvis here. Elvis and I? Uh, yeah, Elvis and I, thank you. So I was at GameStop Expo. Um, so I was at work. You were at work. You couldn't get off, unfortunately. But So I got the chance to play the likes of Bayonetta and Smash Bros. and impressions throughout. And obviously... We've all been playing Smash Bros. because the demo's now out. So, Jose, you have some thoughts on that, too, I believe. And on top of that, we have a ton of news. There's um, stuff about Pokemon Mega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. There's a new Steam World game from um, Image Inform. News out of Tokyo Game Show, including the first details on the next Ace Attorney and Jason Sales Corner. So there's a lot coming up. Easiest way to make sure you don't miss any of it or you go only to the parts you care about, we have timestamps from under episode 80's blog post. Once again, that's High Gun Voltage, not High Gun Volt or any weird pink monkey anything so with that said GameStop Expo is probably the biggest thing we got to do in the past couple weeks so um you got to do I got to do we as Ram Nintendo got to do how was it Jason let me tell ya uh it was actually pretty cool it was interesting because like the the convention started originally as a way to get for the publishers to promote their games to managers at GameStop so they'd all kind of vie for like which game will the manager sell parents on we all want that top spot so then GameStop's like, well, we have all the publishers, and we have like their attention, and we have their attention. Why don't we make it a public thing too? So they did. So this is its third year as a public expo as well as a private expo. First day is a conference for managers. Second day is a public expo. They did it down at the Anaheim Convention Center, which is also where WonderCon is and uh, BlizzCon or whatever Blizzard's big thing is every year. So it's like it's it's a familiar place for nerds, and um, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's definitely like small compared to a real expo. In the sense of, like, it's like a mini 3 in terms of what it has, but it's just a lot smaller. So booths are still 
flashy but not as massive and in some cases not very flashy there are some flashy ones. presumably not as crowded not as crowded at all but um and they still have like attractions and gimmicks too like there are photo ops like the batmobile from batman arkham knight there are like uh there's a, a zombie from plants vs. zombie just a zombie no plants just the zombie that you could pose with um octodad and and Sackboy from a little big planet were there uh yeah but it, and oh how can i forget this attraction ubisoft was letting attendees dress in animal costumes and wrestle in an octagon ring like a cage match because why not it's somehow somehow related to far cry i don't know but long story short yeah so there's a lot of stuff going on but it's way lower attendance probably because uh probably because a it's a low profile event relatively speaking like how many people know of it really and b it's on a wednesday you know the work week and school it's all right back so like who would be going to this unless you could get off and cover it like we did or you work at gamestop or you don't have a job or school wait but you have a job it was or, because I said you cover it, or you don't. Oh. Yeah, I just took off. I, I used time off. Yeah, I just got a new job, so I couldn't really take off work. That would look good. Right, yeah. Like, right when you start. Hey, thanks for hiring me. I'm going to go play video games all day. I'll see you later. Yeah, that wouldn't go over well. But, uh, yeah, so it was a lot smaller, but they definitely, like, went to Anaheim with the intention of, well, we have all this square footage to work with. 300,000 square feet were at their disposal. There's definitely huge gaps between booths, but the potential for growth is there, and I'm kind of... I think it could become Privy Expo. Like, it's, I don't know if it's going to be as big as say, E3 or Comic-Con or even PAX, but it can definitely make a name for itself and carve out a bit of a niche. And the nice thing was, um, because it's like GameStop, you know, encouraging publishers to pitch all their stuff, there's every major holiday game. There are a bunch of 2015 games that we got to go try. Like, Mortal Kombat X is one that immediately comes to mind. We got to play Evolve. We got to play, like, all the Xbox holiday lineup, all the PlayStation holiday lineup, every major third party. It's actually, like, quite a full-fledged expo, minus the fact that it's kind of empty at this stage. But it has potential, and it's really cool, and I'm definitely going back next year if it stays in SoCal. But, of course, um, there's actually news that came out of the expo as well. We'll I'll scour my impressions of games throughout, but um, there was news. This is an expo where things are announced and news actually breaks, and the big one was probably that... um, Nintendo's releasing three new versions of the 3DS XL here in the U.S. Wait, so Nintendo was holding out for Game, GameStop XL. I keep wanting to say GameSpot. Yeah. Like, just to announce this. Uh, yeah, because two out of those three were GameStop exclusive systems. So, what, I mean, it's kind of funny, because, like, Japan is getting, you know, an entirely new version of the 3DS, the new 3DS and the new 3DS XL. And meanwhile, Nintendo of America is like, hey, guys, you know that current XL? We slapped some paint jobs on it. Check it out. Like, it's not quite the same... <laughs> Not, you know, it's not quite the same, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite the same... Impact? Impact. Quite the same, like, significance. But we, are, well, they do look cool, honestly. Um, probably the coolest is this NES-inspired, gunmetal-colored 3DS XL, which is, like, the entire thing's, like, this cool, shiny gunmetal. Top has the NES controller design on it. Open it up, and it's a normal 3DS, but all the buttons are red, which matches the old NES controller. It seems like, well, I guess, like, from... Impression that I've got to seem kind of torn. Like, I saw some that were really excited about it, but I yeah. saw some that really... I don't know, I guess they were, like, NES purists because they really hated it. They felt like, oh my god, Nintendo's so stupid. Why couldn't they just put, like, the top of the NES, like, on the top of the game instead of a controller yeah. and just leave the controller where the actual buttons go? That's I, quite it, frankly my one complaint. I, I guess kind it. of akin to the, the SP, how that one had it. Right. Because wasn't that one actually, like, mm -hmm. when you had it closed, it was, like, a little tiny NES. The top was the NES. And it, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, so you have a fake controller and you open it to access a real controller? 
Like, it's, it's a little... I think it looks pretty cool, like, how they did the inside. Like, it even comes with a red stylus, which is a nice touch. But I just... Yeah, I would prefer if they did And not only that, but the controller is, like, next to the system. Like, they combine how the system design is with the controller design. So it's, like, a controller and then, like, the uh, stripe of the system, like, on top of each other, like, next to each other. And that's not how it ever is in real life. So it's a little strange. I agree. But it, it, if you're interested, for those out there that are, it's 200 bucks standard price of the 3DS. XL, and it's going to be GameStop exclusive, which is why it was announced at GameStop Expo. It's weird. I went to Best Buy today, and they had the Mario Luigi bundle for 179 but they had regular 3DSs with no bundles for 200 bucks. I think those Mario Luigi ones were probably on clearance then, right? I mean, they're from last holiday season. Makes sense, but still, it's like... That, that's super strange, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's give away the one that comes out of the game cheaper. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. funny how pricing schemes work sometimes. Um, yeah, I, saw, I still see Metroid Other M brand new for 49 <laughs> for, for 50 bucks. It's like, why? I don't get it because, like, games or Best Buy and GameStop and all of like, them have so much surplus of that game for $5 during the holidays. Every year, Best Buy has, like, 80 copies for $5. And then, like, January rolls around. They're like, well, we didn't sell all 80. Jack it back up to 50 bucks. Maybe we'll sell it now. <laughs> clearly, five bucks was Five bucks was, yeah. too, was too little. No one wanted to donate or people want to donate to the cause or maybe more. people maybe they thought like all right if it's five bucks it i don't know like yeah yeah they thought like, okay it's like it must be a crappy game if it's worth that much but for 49 bucks like whoa this yeah. has some real value yeah i, I definitely I, have to pick it up for five bucks i don't know why I have you it. should get it i enjoyed it i mean people bash the plot and bash samus's like personality in the game and bash that's like you know not a true metroid looking past the plot i enjoyed it it's fun i i mean it's a bit of a hybrid of prime and old school metroid but i i thought it was cool i would pay five bucks i would pay uh 10 times that in fact you know what i did pay 10 times that whoa yeah at launch um the jason recommendation right the jason recommendation i would pay 10 times jason recommendation jason recommendation yeah uh (laughs) as i say yeah that didn't make sense what oh yeah yeah it's based on my last name well people oh yeah we don't put our last name on the site yeah like i'm jason and i'm jose yeah. Oh, but we flipped it, messing with people's minds. Anyway, um, if you don't like... I'm going to somehow rein this back into actual news. If you don't like old-school designs for 3DS, they do have a more modern one, too. Uh, specifically, they actually have a couple. The GameStop exclusive that they have is based on Persona Q, which is Atlas's upcoming spinoff of the Persona series. And uh, it's a blue 3DS, like a normal blue and black 3DS. But they printed the uh, Grimoire, or whatever it's called, book from the game, where all the, like, where basically all the like demons and whatnot in the game, they're like are trapped in this book, and that's how you do your thing with them, collect them or whatever. And um, I'm sure um, someone someone's gonna correct that. me and be like, "What? That's not how it works." Oh no! Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure like someone would like really appreciate that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be super limited edition, I'm sure, for just that. A niche lot audience. of. Like, so wait, was the Kingdom Hearts one next though, or was it a regular? I don't remember. There was one, right? Yes, there are over seventy variations of 3DS design. Really? World. Wow. Yeah, and that's not including the, oh, yeah, the so new. There was an Animal Crossing one, Yoshi, Charizard. Yeah, they're literally seventies plus. Two Pokemon. But yeah, so so um, what I was gonna say is this 3DS is also two hundred bucks, which is standard price. And another 3DS that's doesn't 200, come with the game, right? It does not come with the game. Similarly, neither does the Smash Bros. 3DS XL. We talked about the red one last episode and talked about how it's like the printed graphic on top. Um, since then, they've announced it for America, they've released it in America, and it comes in red and blue. So Nintendo's going, hey, we have two 3DS XL missing a colors. white one that they could put in the Yeah, middle. yeah. But, and that'd be America. But, um, yeah, so it's out, and I know, Jose, you had a dilemma in that you're a huge Smash Bros. fan and wanted the 3DS XL, but you also kind of know there's that looming new yeah, 3DS when they on the first horizon. Yeah, when they first announced this one, I was like, oh, I'm getting it, like... 
I don't care that in the beginning it looked, the design didn't look that great. It just looked too cluttered. Yeah. And then I'm glad, like, I don't care how cluttered it looks. It's like an officially licensed Smash Bros. one. Like, a, a professional graphic designer could make the most amazing <laughs> looking, like, yeah. Smash Bros. design for a 3DS skin. And I still wouldn't buy it because it's not official. That's just the kind of person I, I, I guess. I just like figure, like, even if he's professional, doesn't matter if he's amateur, it's really good. Even if no, he's yeah. professional. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then, then they announced the new 3DS skin. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'll wait because it's And that's, the, that's the, the new, new one. Yeah, like, about, yeah. I don't know. I guess the dilemma came in from the fact that it will potentially have, like, a bunch of, I guess, exclusive games to that system. And I kind of don't really want to miss out, but Smash Brothers. So long story short, you were torn for quite a while, and now sitting to my left in your room is the red 3DS, uh, Smash Bros. 3DS, so you clearly made your decision. Yeah, I figured, yeah, I I like the uh, the fact that it has Smash Bros. on it. I I will say. I care more about that than I get potential exclusive games that could be better. And I mean... Well, you never bought a DSi and you survived, so... Yeah, and I mean, like, what would make me want a 3DS more than Smash Bros. and Mario Kart, both of which are already... Technically, I guess out already, and Monster I mean, Hunter. and Monster Hunter. I mean, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, like, I'll be fine, and then my brother's gonna get one, so I'm sure I'll get to piggyback off of whatever games he buys as he did with the games that I bought. So I will say, I'm currently holding the oh, yeah, system in, in, in my person. Hand. Yeah, that definitely it's... helped me convince him. Once I saw a video of it, like on hand, the it, Nintendo Minute. Yeah, like yeah. whoa! I don't know. It's just it's really Smash nice. Brothers. Like I'm hold. I mean, no one can see me holding it, but my hands are currently running along the top shell of it no it's um it's one it's glossy not matte like normal 3ds's but what's nice is like the actual artwork on it it's like really high quality it looks way better than in the pictures it looked like it was a crappy wannabe laser etching like a fake laser etching but in person it's like flush against it it's like fully it looks like someone drew a cartoon basically they drew it in i don't know yeah it's, it's like a part of the yeah it's like it's under the gloss so and then on the back there's even a logo above the 3ds xl logo there's also these new NOM and NYGE icons. Nom, nom, nom. I don't know what those are. I've never seen those before. That's, oh, well, I guess clearly your cell doesn't have those. No, no that's what's so weird is they just add them. But yeah, it's a very, it's really nice to hold too. Like it has like a nice cloth. It's a little too slippery kind of, but that's just me. I'm rubbing my hands all over your yeah, It's nice I'm having a, a working, well, I guess a, a, circle, a, circle, pad, a, a circle pad in, um, I guess back in normal condition, because the one that I had um, got completely broken off when I was playing Mario Kart 7. Like, over the years, it just started wearing off, and... I mean, I played a lot of Street Fighter on it, so, like, it just tapered off. It was, like, completely slippery, and then yeah. I put crazy glue on it, and that... Re- re- to add some texture, yeah. yeah that, that helped it for a long time until it just cracked, and now it's just, like, a scratchy plastic nub. Right. At least it's not breaking off like some people had had oh, no. with the 3DS demo. I mean, smash. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to smash it that hard. Oh, when people smash, they, they literally smash it. It's like, it's like... No, I know, I know. Just like, like a yeah. thunderclap every time they hit it. Like, if anything, I feel like I'm being too gentle when I'm smashing. Maybe I should be more aggressive. But, I don't know. That sentence could be taken so out of context. <laughs> anyway, so let's... let's, let's uh, I'm, I'm just saying that sentence right there. Um... Yeah, so you're happy with your choice. So, do you think, like, a year from now, there's going to be some game on the new 3DS, and you're like, ah, oh, I should have waited. Or I was literally... You're such a diehard Smash fan. I, I, I was, like, gonna... running through it in my head, like, like oh, um, remake of Mario Galaxy, or, like... That would be awesome. I'm all like, that'd be cool, but, like, I wouldn't buy it. Um, like, a new Zelda game, like, probably not. There's, like, my brother's, like, territory, usually. Right. Like, new Mario game, like, I don't know. Yeah, there's, like, I can't think of anything that... It would have to be... 
a really high profile like multiplayer game that it would have to be like a second Smash Bros. Yeah, it has to be something along those lines. Because I mean, yeah. Imagine if they did the DLC only on the new 3DS, and you're like, what? Assuming Uh, there's DLC. Yeah, but even at that point, it's like by the time the Wii U version comes out, I'm gonna care a little less about the 3DS version of the game. I'll still care about the 3DS itself. Itself, but let's be honest. When the Wii U version of Smash comes out, no one's gonna care much at all about about 3DS version unless they only have the 3DS. Yeah, it's gonna turn into like. That game I play only in conventions and yep, stuff like that. Yep, When you're in line to meet Charles Martin. Which is amazing when you think of it. Like, I get to play Smash Brothers anywhere. everywhere I go. Yeah. Oh, my God. You can start a fight anywhere. I'm going to, like, be so unproductive. It's going to ruin you as a human being. <laughs> but, I, you know, one thing I find kind of... Okay, I could replace sleep. Can you? Maybe. Can you? We'll see. All right, good luck. I, I was going to say that I find kind of interesting that, like, Japan obviously is getting the new 3DS and we're getting all these, like, variations of current 3DS is like okay excluding the gunmetal XL that is the NES design every, all these new limited edition ones are literally just current 3DS XLs that they put some paint oh yeah over. this one's called Smash Brothers Rouge uh, I guess it is a slightly different yeah, it's shade a, well it says it on the box right right like they, well Rouge games. is just red and... no, yeah, but it, wait are you sure the box isn't bilingual no somewhere on there it says red Rouge or something right red is one language oh, and Rouge is the other there. Red edition. It says red edition. On the bottom. Yeah, because it has oh, all three languages. Dude. <laughs> dude. So, like, I, went, I don't think Nintendo would start mixing languages, but... Although Rouge edition sounds... Well, it just sounds cooler. They should call it, like, Smash Bros. Ruby or something. That sounds like a Pokemon game. Never mind. Anyway, what I was going to say is I find, find that, like, um, Nintendo's just printing them on top of old 3DS. I, like, I wonder if they're... If Nintendo's basically going, wow, the new 3DS is coming out next spring, and we have so many unsold XLs in the warehouse... What if we just, like, repurpose them, call them limited edition, and people will, like, double dip and triple dip and quadruple dip? Maybe that'll work. And then, sure enough, like, you have a second X, a second 3DS now, and it's the old inventory well, that might be clearing I mean, my, my regular 3DS battery barely lasts an hour when we're playing any kind Seriously? of, like, multi- yeah. Wow. Like, it just dies really fast. Right. You probably have used it so much that the, the battery is just, like, well, you know, I've, after, I've after, after 800 charges, I have so many games down. that have, like... Easily past the 100 hour mark, right? So, yeah, it's but yeah, I, 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 mean, I don't, time. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that Nintendo's like necessarily just clearing out inventory, but there's no way that they're picking the colors they're picking without in the back of their minds going, All right, this is fewer reds and blues that we have to sell down the road when the new 3DS comes out. So, although to kind of flip that theory the other way, um, the Persona Edition. 3DS and the blue 3DS for Smash Bros. design are not coming to Europe. They're only in America. And I don't think Nintendo is like, oh no, we have too many red and blue 3DSs in America. But more, but you know, we're fine in Europe. Like it, So maybe my theory is just crazy. But I, I don't know. It's just, it just something I thought when I first heard about these. Wow, well. they're really clearing out the old 3DSs. You conspiracy theorists? Yep, pretty much. Illuminati? But uh, I, yes, the Illuminati decided they need to make these, yeah. You know, if you look carefully in the Smash Bros. design, there is an eye inside a pyramid. No, well, inside the Triforce, the triangle somewhere. Oh, yeah, if there's an eye in there, it's the Illuminati. But yeah, other news that was announced at uh, GameStop Expo, besides just Nintendo's news, was Capcom announced that um, Monster Hunter is going to be getting a special collector's edition. The upcoming Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate for 3DS will be coming in a $60 variety. It comes with all sorts of stuff. You get... Um, a Gormagala statue... Is Magala, right? Magala, Magala. Sure. Sure. A Gormagala statue. A pin of one of the cat guys. What are they called? Felines? 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 Feline? Feline. Oh, I guess they spell it weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you get a feline dressed as the Gormagall as a little pin, which is a nice companion pin to the pins they're giving out at GameStop Expo, which were them dressed some, as something else. Uh, you get a lanyard, a cleaning cloth, an item box to hold stuff in, and of course the game itself. That's designed after the item box in, in the, the game. game. Yeah. yeah. And it's all only $20 more than the standard game, which is actually pretty decent pricing. Like, they could get away with $30 more. Um, the, the first day that it was announced, um, a few, I guess, last week, mm-hmm. um, it was announced, like, through Game... Yeah, I guess, like... At GameStop, actually. Yeah, through, yeah, through Capcom. Well, I, I saw the ad through Capcom, and then they're like, oh, go pre-order it now at GameStop. And so I went to GameStop, and they're like, um, this doesn't exist. Yeah, GameStop.com. And, yeah, I didn't read the <laughs> .com part. Yeah. And then, um, so... The next day, I guess I, I, know, I guess I still didn't check online for whatever reason, so I went back to game to a different GameStop, <laughs> and then they told me like, oh, it was online only, and not only that, it's already sold out. So I'm like, oh, damn it. Yeah. And well, they had them at GameStop Expo. They were giving them away in raffles all day. That's another thing that was nice about GameStop Expo. They had everyone had raffles. You could win a Vita. You could win a Monster Hunter Collection. What you win? Nothing. Oh. A cookie. I got a free cookie. Oh wow. Freshly baked. It was delicious. Jeff Keighley watched me eat it from far away. I don't think he was watching me, but he was like down, um, down the aisle from well, me. Well, happy ending to the story. The yes. GameStop eventually opened up pre-orders again, but then they sold out. But you got them? But no. Oh. And then Amazon opened up pre-orders, and I'm like, oh, I'll just... But you got pre- it? Yeah, I, I pre-ordered it on Amazon. I'd rather pre-order it on Amazon right. for some reason. Oh yeah, free shipping. Duh, Prime. Yeah, I don't have to pay. I would have to. I would have had to pay on GameStop. Right. But I, I will say, based on what I saw at GameStop Expo of, like, the set they had, like, in a glass case, uh, the statue is actually pretty high quality looking. It looks good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it looks really good. I mean, I know nothing based about... pictures. Mo- yeah, I know nothing about Monster Hunter, but I was, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, only 20 bucks I mean, more. it's a new creature. You know as much about it as I do. Right. At this point. Right. I mean, I, I did play Monster Hunter a little, but I'm not the type of person to give impressions on it, because quite frankly, I don't really play Monster Hunter. I can tell you the camera controls are a bigger button on the touchscreen, and that was noticeable. And the game looks good graphically. Really good. The 3D looked nice. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's about the I'm best good. I can say about it because <laughs> I literally have no experience with the game, and I don't want to like give bad impressions. But it, it was fun. It's just not my cup of cup of tea. But separately from uh, GameStop Expo, uh, Capcom also announced that the final version of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate here in the states, as well as its counterpart in Japan, 4G, are getting some uh, crossovers with some other major franchises. They're going crazy with these. They're crossovers. going insane. So Capcom said that you'll be able to dress your feline as Sonic the Hedgehog, and uh, okay. If, go to the everyone listening right now. Go to ramtown.com, Go to the blog post for this episode, episode eighty, and scroll down to the link in the news section that's for the story. I think it's Sonic Stadium that we source. Click that. Look at the costume and think to yourself, or you don't even have to like tell yourself to think. You'll just think, who approved this? <laughs> who thought this looked good? It looks like a cosplayer, like in his fifties, dressed as a Sonic that was a chain smoker and clearly has some sort of like grudge against the world and is like in some dark deep depression like it's the weirdest it looks awful uh, i thought the the cat in the sonic costume looked cool that's what i'm talking about the cat oh you made it sound like you were talking about like a full-grown man no i'm it. saying it looked like the cat was like if he was like a guy in his 50s like i'm gonna wear a sonic costume and i'm a chain smoker and i'm in a deep depression. like something oh, about wow. I, I, I don't know something the, the about, mo- it just looks so like grouchy wow my, my first impression of it was like oh it looks funny i mean it looked funny but to me it looked like it was funny and like a like a guy you find on on like Hollywood Boulevard at 2 in the morning smoking like 7 cigarettes at once or something I don't Yikes. know it looks I don't know maybe it's just the I saw a scan of it not like a high res image so maybe the scan was like smudge I don't know but it just looks so like I, I can't put my finger on it it just looks like not grimy but that's not the word at all but it looks kind of like beat <laughs> I guess I don't know but um, beyond that they're also um, letting you equip 
the felines using or you equip your character. I, I think, think I see that. I think the yeah, tum- right. Because he looks like an old man. Well, I think the tummy is what kind of hurts it, but other than that, it's, I don't know. It doesn't look bad. Well, at least I don't think it looks. Bad. You know, part of it is because I kind of forgot it was a cat inside. So when you look at it, and you look at that guy's look at the eye and picture. If I just like look at it quickly, it, it looks, looks like, like a creepy old man. Well, it just looks like. Looks looks like, like, it looks like Sonic, but kind of off. It looks like Sonic if he was like... It looks like... You know what it looks like? You know the guys that dress up on Hollywood Boulevard or Times Square, depending on which coast you're on, you're on with the unofficial, like, Sonic costume? And he's like, Hey, kid, I'm Sonic. You want to, like... I don't know. You want to collect my rings or something? Yeah. That's <laughs> what it looks like. <laughs> These Sonics are prostitutes. <laughs> Apparently they are. Come collect my rings. But uh, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like one of those. And I assume they live deep depressed lives and chain smoke so my whole thing is still right but well. but uh <laughs> um yeah but what i was gonna say is beyond that creepy sonic um taiko drum master has a crossover which is really random where one of the hammers is literally the drum head from the game with the big happy face on it and then on top of that i don't know if it's the case for europe or just america but i guess this is like something random to throw in mm-hmm. um they were holding a i guess a weapon design contest and the U.S. winner, they created, like, a completely mechanical-looking weapon that was approved, and they made it in the game that looks really cool. That's cool. But Europe, they made a staff where the top of it is just, like, a pig with a crown. And it's, like, an actual... And it's, like, the actual pig mascot from the game. Right. But um, every time you attack, like, he squits, because he's, like, actually... He's apparently just actually there, and you're, like, parading around <laughs> because he's, like, the king. Right, right. And I don't know, I just thought that was ridiculous, but it just looks hilarious. It fits with Taika. That it actually, like, went through with it. But it seems like they're really open to doing anything because, like, on top of these, now apparently Animal Crossing has a crossover, yeah, like, or there's an Animal crossover, Animal Crossing crossover, Animal crossover. Yeah, crossing over to Monster Hunter. So what? What exactly is it? Because it's not official yet, right? It's just images surface. They, 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 well, they've announced it, and it's just oh, yeah. It is yeah, yeah. We just don't know exactly what it is. It, it's either costumes for your cats that make them look. You mean ex- felines with a Y? That make them look exactly like um, Rossetti and Isabel. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, they don't look like a feline wearing an Isabel costume. It just looks like, like Isabel. Like, yeah, or it completely replaces them with them because it looks like Rossetti was digging underground. It looks now, like Isabel was. Now, what if Mr. Rossetti and, and Isabel were monsters you hunted? They are animals, and you are a warrior of a human variety. I'm well, just I mean, saying. I mean, you could hit... I'm just saying, you could get revenge on Mr. Rossetti finally. I mean, in the game, you're you're always able to hit your partners. So. No, I so mean think... full-on hunt. I mean kill and collect <laughs> the, the loot as a prize of Mr. Rossetti. He's just doing his job. You I know, know actually, I feel I would not be able he to He lost his job in um, City Folk. No, not City Folk, New Leaf. Yeah, he did. And you have to, like, help him out. Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry, Mr. Rossetti. I would not want to wish harm upon you. Stop Rossetti. Okay, uh, but yeah, so that was Mo- that was Monster Hunter at GameStop Expo and beyond. But yeah, it's funny because like a lot of people, Gotta you know, a lot of people out. might go like, "Why? Are, where are they doing with Monster Hunter?" That's not the first crossover Monster Hunter has done, let alone Capcom. I mean, Capcom's famous for crossovers, but them, you know, having Namco's Taiko Drum Master, having Sega's Sonic, those three worked together on Project X Zone. That was their joint game, so they've already established a relationship. And with Nintendo and Animal Crossing, they already did Zelda costumes in Monster Hunter. Yeah. So this isn't that much of a logic leap. It's kind of weird and out of the blue, but it, if you stop to think about it, the history is there. It makes perfect sense. And it's great synergy for those companies. So, so I can see why they did it. Um, but going back to GameStop Expo, the, also on hand, not really news, more impressions, but also on hand was a Bayonetta 2, which we got to play at Comic-Con 2013, 
and we didn't play it this past Comic Con. And since then, they've obviously updated the demo, so I got a chance to retry it. They also, by the way, had like Captain Toad, Sonic Boom, Hyrule Warriors, all those were at Nintendo's booth. Thing is, we talked about them in our Comic Con episode, and they're the exact same demos. So, for those who didn't hear and are curious about those games, episode, um, I believe, 76? Yeah, 76. Episode 76 on the site. That has all those impressions, plus early Smash Bros. impressions. So, go check that out if you want to hear that. But if you're interested in Bayonetta, as I was starting to say, we got that. So, um, I kind of feel like we neglected it. We should have covered it more, because it's really fun. Like, I really enjoyed it. So, that's... I mean, I feel like I've said everything I had to say about Bayonetta. No, but I mean, um, like, we didn't play it at Comic-Con. We played it a year ago and then just didn't really talk about it. Like, I feel like we talked about the direct and stuff, but I meant, like, we had opportunities to play it and we never shared impressions. I feel like we, that was our... We should have. We neglected no, I, it. I it's definitely... Fun. I played it once. I don't remember when. A year ago. It was Comic-Con 2013. Yeah, but that's I mean... we talked about it on the show. I don't know, kind of like, ben, I don't know, the thing about Bayonetta is, like, sure, like, the environment's always changed, but, like, the way you play the game always Oh, kinda, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it always kind of stays constant, so I feel like you only have to demo it once, and that's but, it. But the game's so much more polished than when we played it. Oh, no, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah. I, I, bet it, I bet it would be. But then at that point, it's like, I would feel satisfied just, like, when we watched the Direct, we saw, I mean, I guess, like, you played a more, a more finished version. Yep. Than what I put, but from what I thought, I figured like, okay, it's. I mean, I guess I should rephrase. I don't. I wouldn't get anything more out of playing it. I guess right. I should say. All I meant was that like we talked about every Nintendo game at Comic Con except Bayonetta because we didn't get around to playing it. Oh, but we should have because it's good. It was the same demo that we played. Uh, at least one of them was. Yeah, it might have been. This this one's different. This no, one no, it three... definitely was because I remember watching it a few times while waiting for Smash. Right, right. right. So. No, this one I think is different though, or updated at least. It had three sections: prologue, chapter one, and p- chapter two of the story. I believe last year's demo only had one level. This one had three. Yeah. But regardless, regardless, yeah. um, there are a couple things that really stuck out to me when playing it. Uh, first of all is, of course, it's odd because it's a mature action game, but yet it also has, like, a Nintendo coat of paint on top, if that makes sense. Like, because you know how, like, Bayonetta 1, and really any third, any action game of that sort, like, mature, gritty game, lots of, like, dark, it's very dark, like, literally, like, not brightly lit. It's dark. It's, like, lots of shades of brown. It's very, like, gritty, and Bayonetta 1 does this, too. Like, it's just dark-looking, like, physically dark and nintendo games on the other hand have this crazy vibrancy and color that you you know like mario kart like radiates color like you know mario 3d world the screens were like glowing like the even the screens to transition to a level are like neon shades of red and green and it seems like platinum kind of took that like nintendo colorful vibrance yay and put it on top of bayonetta it's like the world's just like they kind of like pop they just look really good they're very bright they're very colorful they had a lot of like shine to them it's a lot like wonderful 101 in terms of how vibrant it was versus, say, Bayonetta 1, which is definitely dark and brown. and Like, if you look at screenshots of, like, Bayonetta 1 and Bayonetta 2 next to each other, there's definitely, like, a different palette being used. And that was super apparent when I played it. But um, in terms of how, like, the actual playing was... Oh, one other thing that I just thought of. Um, another thing that mixes weirdly is you have the Nintendo, like, color, but then you have, like, the mature language. So in the middle of the demo, she just casually says the F word. And I'm standing in a booth with kids all around me. It's a Nintendo booth, and I'm like... I've never heard the F word in a Nintendo game. This is so weird. Like, it was... Sur- it, I went... It yeah, I guess dirty, kind of huh? surreal. It was... Yeah, it felt weird. Yeah. It felt like I was watching a Pixar movie, and, like, the grouchy old guy in Up just started, like, shower after cursing him. up a storm. Yeah, I felt violated. No, um, it wasn't that bad. But it was just, like... It was so weird. Like, I it literally... I, I kind of, like, did a double take. Like, did she just... Yes, she did. But, uh... But in terms of gameplay itself, there's some depth there, for sure. I mean... I think I was saying after the Bayonetta Nintendo Direct a couple episodes ago, I seem to remember saying that, like, Nintendo 
Platinum's gonna be trying to cater to as many different people as possible, like the, through the controls. Like you know, if you want, if you're a third-person action fan, you have the full array of buttons and you can do combos. If you want to just button mash because you're not very good, there's like the action mode or whatever, and literally any buttons you press, it will auto combo. If you want to use touch, you can do touch and you just drag and drop and slide, and she does her thing. And what became apparent to me during the um, during the demo is that regardless of what you do, there's still actually some playing to do. It's not like you could just button mash and it'll just do its own thing. Because, like, even when I was doing, like, all the different combos, I started to fall into, like, a groove or, like, a rhythm of, like, how I was fighting and I was using the same two or three combos as you do in any third-party action game. But what where it really gets, like, kind of interesting regards to controls is, like, the, um, you know, the Umbridge Climax or the, like, the Witch Time mode where it goes into slow-mo. Because those are based on, in the case of Witch Time, that's based on, um, your dodging. And it's really precise in terms of the exact second you dodge and you're surrounded by enemies so you can actually like kind of do multiple dodges and extend the witch time a little. And then there's Umbridge Climax, which is um, just where you go ballistic and attack every enemy. But you want to be strategic when you use it because, again, you're surrounded by enemies, but do you use it when you have a few or a lot against you, that sort of thing. It's not like it's rocket science. It's not like it's like the most strategic thing ever. But it, there's definitely more to it, even if I was just button mashing, than, say, even Hyrule Warriors. So, uh, so that was kind of nice. That's good. It, it made first my experience, no matter how I chose to play. I didn't get to try touch, but I tried just button mashing. I tried actually doing combos, and one was like combos. Obviously, were a little more satisfying because I was doing something right. But button mashing, I wasn't like, well, this is boring. It was still like engaging because of it's all. Kind of a stuff. shame that um there aren't many games like this on Nintendo consoles because it sounds like this could have been a gateway for you to play other action games. Yeah, like but, God of War or something. But there aren't any. Like, for me, it was kind of the opposite, since I started with God of War, right. and since I really like those, it made me want to play Bayonetta, and then like, oh, it's also coming to Right, Wii. but yeah, this is a good, this is a good gateway game, because it does, it has that flexibility. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm definitely, at some point, I gotta try the Double May Cry series, because I've always heard good things I've heard really them. good things about yeah. that. I believe the Double May Cry creators are involved yeah, in Bayonetta, yeah, it's the yeah, same they, dude. Yeah, there's, yeah. yeah, there's references, for Yep, sure. yep. They also oh. reference Beautiful Joe in the first one. Right, yeah. Because it's all the same company. Um, yeah. the other, the only other thing I was going to say about so the... so similar, sometimes it's kind of like, oh my god, it, it's like, well, I guess Oh, of course it is, they just slap a new coat of paint on no, it. No, yeah, yeah, it, I don't know, like, it's funny because, like, it feels lazy, but at the same time, it's like, it just, I guess it just works so well, like, why fix it? Yeah, why break wasn't broken. Yeah. Or why fix wasn't broken. I guess. I, it's why the whole, like, same thing with Sakurai and its menus, with, like, Right, yeah, like, why does 3DS Smash Bros. look identical to Kid Icarus' menu? Like, identical. But, um... Yeah, the other thing I was going to say about Bayonetta is, and this is something they emphasize in the direct, this is something that also kind of fits with the vibrance and how it pops, is it's so over the top and ridiculous and crazy and awesome and cool and silly and great. <laughs> like, uh, I, there's this one level I played which was inspired by Venice, like the city of Venice, and, you know, it's you're, you're kind of going through Venice, it seems about to be normal, you're, as you do, you're fighting by shooting guns off your hands and your feet simultaneously, because that's just how it works. And you have enemies and whatnot. And then all of a sudden you're like walking down this narrow corridor. And the whole level does kind of like... You know an Inception? Well, you've never seen Inception those way. So that's bad. Yeah, I've seen but, trailers. I know exactly what okay. you're talking about. You know an Inception when like Paris like folds up on itself? Yeah, that's like... Yeah, they do that in Every Bayon trailer. Yeah, they do it in Bayonetta. And then out of that folding comes this huge enemy that doesn't even fit on the screen fully. And then, you know, cut to a few minutes later and you're now fighting the enemy still on a flying piece of debris that you're using to as a platform through the air. And then, of course, there's other levels where you're flying on the back of a fighter jet. Like, it's just like there's so much, like, craziness happening. Like, I know all action games have a level of, like, ridiculousness, but this one was just like, it's like, okay, this is nuts in a good way. So so that was kind of nice. And it made me, between that and just the gameplay, I'm, I got really excited for this game. 
Like, I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool, it'd be cool. But this this is my gateway drug into action, like, third party. Third, per- mm, third person action games. So. If I've only there were more. I mean, I guess there's Wonderful 101, but. Right. But that's a little different in how it plays, I feel like. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of, like, ridiculousness and. Oh, it's, it's, oh. I think ridiculousness-wise, Wonderful 101 probably wins. Like, Bayonetta is ridiculous, but it's in, like, its own weird universe where it makes sense. Wonderful 101 is literally, like, how over the top can we be for the sake of being over the top? Yeah. So they're a little different. But, um, that, of course, it's not Bayonetta, but, of course, the, um, the most prominent and popular demo for Nintendo, and probably of the whole show at GameStop Expo, was Super Smash Bros. on 3DS and Wii U. Um, it's kind of funny, like, back in June... Remember we waited, like, five hours to play a single match of Smash Bros. at Best Buy during Smash Fest? Yeah. And then we had all these impressions about it based on one match here on the show. Cause, Two minutes. Yeah, and then we played Smash Bros. for five minutes. We're like, well, that was satisfying. Seven minutes after five hours of waiting, totally worth it. Well, at GameStop Expo, keep in mind, this is before the demo came out for people at home, you know, on their own systems. We walk in, walk up to Smash, didn't wait more than five minutes. In most cases, didn't wait whatsoever, and then sat and played for an hour straight with no issue whatsoever. That's how gaming expo should always be. That's, that's why GameStop Expo is so cool. That's kind of how it was at Comic Con. If you right. wa- if you weren't playing Smash Brothers for a T-shirt, they had like ten TVs with Smash Brothers that you had like there was no wait time. You just walk up and play. Yeah, but it's just so nice. That's but, how yeah. all gaming expo should be. That's why I love GameStop Expo because like you just bought any game. I think the longest we waited was twenty minutes to try Evolve, and that match was in fifteen minutes, so it almost balanced out. Because that's uh, you know it's as long as it takes to die or kill. Um... But, yeah, that's what was great about GameStop Expo as a whole. There was no waiting for anything. But, um, and of course, since then, Smash Bros. has now come out on, like, you know, in Japan, it's out, period. And in the U.S., we got an early demo through Club Nintendo. We got the full demo just on this past Friday for everyone from on the eShop. Um, so I don't know if we're going to dive too deep into, like, the nitty-gritty of every little thing about the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no point. It's been, I mean, considering we'll we're going to talk about it again. Yeah. But there are some interesting details that emerge, like, about functionality and what is and isn't in the game that might be worth Yeah, like, on. I'm kind of glad. Well, I wouldn't say I'm kind of glad, but, I mean, the fact that we're getting it so much later kind of works out more. out a lot of Yeah, because it's, like, it's almost like the Japanese release was kind of like a testing period. It's a beta run. Yeah, because, I mean, they've already found, like, a glitch that bans people that use Peach right. by using an item right away. I mean, that's horrible. And they're fixing it with a firmware update, it turns out. I yeah. would have sworn it would have been a server-side thing, but I guess not. Told you. Yeah. Yeah, we had a whole conversation prior to recording, like, a few days ago about, like, oh, is Smash Bros. online for 3DS, is it um, server-based matching, or is it, like, there's a host, and then people join the host, and if the host drops, you lose your match, and if the host has bad internet, you have a bad match. Sounds like it's that later one where there is a host, which sucks because that means your mileage is going to totally vary in terms of how good the online latency is. Yeah, so, like, on top of distance, you're also going to have... You're also going to have crappy internet versus good internet. But hey, if anyone wants to play me, I have Fios, so I'm just saying, I have good internet. I mean, it still doesn't my help. upload speeds. It still doesn't like help too much insane. if like the person you're playing has crappy internet either. It's gonna kind of get a yeah, true. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if anyone wants to play me, I have Fios. Just putting it out there. But no, um, I was gonna say we're gonna have impression. Like, if you want a challenge, and if you want a challenge, don't play me. But if you want a buttery smooth match that gets you an easy win. <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> want so, to increase the power? Yeah, if you want to get your smash ranking up or whatever, smash power Global rank, power smash, smash rank. I don't know what it's called. Smash power, smash, smash, smash a palooza, whatever it's called. If you want to get that up and you want to get some smash coins and you don't want to have to try and you want it to be buttery smooth, Jason's your man. But no, um, we do have a couple of probably miscellaneous thoughts on the demo itself. 
both Wii U and 3DS, because I played a whole lot of Wii U, and we've both played a whole lot of 3DS, you significantly more, okay? But before we get to that, before I get to that, there were those, like, kind of details that we want to touch on, and I think, um, I think starting with characters is probably a good place to begin. So, for better or worse, the leaks, um, were not only correct, but were actually the full final roster. So, even that thing about Alf being an alternate costume for Olimar, 100% true. So that's kind of a bummer. That, that, that one, I was like, like, okay, I could see that, but I was more skeptical about the, the Koopa, Koopa, Koopa Link thing. That's true, too. Yeah. Because that seemed like, like that's, yeah. not, that's a lot of work like to get all of that, and then on top of putting all the different voices. Yep, and, yep. But nope, they did it. They did it, and it's pretty awesome. But yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's cool that we, like, it's cool. I like the lineup a lot. We'll talk about more when we play the game until in our future episode. But I, I, I do want to say I like the lineup a lot, but I kind of wish there was a surprise or two still. I like surprises. <laughs> that's all just saying that but one um the downside of this the one downside of this well, is I mean, that wishing there was a surprise it's kind of our own fault for seeing it early because if yeah. we had it and then we'd be like oh duck hunt dog bowser jr and we'd be like what yeah i hope we didn't spoil it for anyone just now oh well well hey um if you somehow are finding this podcast on the internet and don't know these characters yet i don't know how you're internetting but you're either doing something totally right or totally wrong i'm not sure but either way, we just ruined your experience, so you can go ahead and... Well, I mean, at least we did a better job of hiding it than other news outlets. Oh, they literally put just, in the headlines. Yeah, like yeah. IGN and then like, they literally just put like, oh, Duck Hunt. Yeah, they'll be like, do you like Duck Hunt? Guess what? He's in Smash Bros. Oh, you didn't want to read this? Too bad. Yeah. Which, Yeah, but I gotta commend Go Nintendo for always putting up like, oh, new Go characters. Go really good about spoilers. Yeah, like they... they yeah. Oh, except <laughs> there's one post where he said, spoiler after the jump, and forgot to put the jump. Oh. So it's like right under it. I'm like, yeah, I think he fixed it a couple hours later because Rami's super on top of that stuff. Yeah. Or RMC or Kevin Cassie, whatever you want to call him. Cool guy. But um, he, he like put it right there and I'm like, that's not a jump. That, that's He's like hidden character and it's like a giant picture of the Duck Hunt dog. I'm like, all right, cool. But uh, so what the what this being the final roster means is all the rumors of Chorus Men being in there, uh, Mewtwo being in there, Wolf being in there. Those are 100% not true. They're not in there, and for that matter, neither are the Ice Climbers, which a lot of people want to see. And Sakurai, Masahiro Sakurai, the guy that produces and directs the series, he has a Famitsu column in Japan. Famitsu, for those that don't know, is this gaming magazine in Japan. And in the column, he actually explained why the Ice Climbers were left out. And the reason... It actually really bothers me. Yeah, it bothers me a lot, too. The reason is technical limitations. He warned us this was going to happen with the 3DS version, but I didn't think he was serious. So... The Ice Climbers, the duo, were up and running on Wii U. They worked. You had both characters. It's how it should be. Then they brought it to 3DS, and he's like, oh, gee, the 3DS can't support this. It doesn't have the power. It doesn't have enough whatever it needs. RAM in use, you know, in tandem with all the other stuff happening on screen. So he said, well, if we can't have them in 3DS, we can't have them in Wii U, because my policy is all the characters have to be the same. To which I say, why? Do they all have to be the same? I mean, I could understand if um, there was supposed to be if there was supposed to be crossplay be- between them, just like um, All Stars Battle not. Royale between like the Vita and the PS3. Sure, sure. But there isn't though. Like, he knew I wonder if it was planned at one point. It must have been. Maybe, but I mean, even though, even then, because like from the very beginning, he said they were gonna have different stages. How can you even have crossplay? Oh, that's it? true. That makes it so, even stupider. Yeah, because it's like from the very beginning, he knew they weren't gonna be interacting with each other besides, I guess, the Amiibos, and I guess maybe that's, like, the only thing... Well, the one thing you can do is you can transfer your character between the Wii U and 3DS yeah, that's version. Right. But I don't think people are going to freak out yeah, no if there's a care. Wii U exclusive any, Ice it, Climber. If anything, like, you come to expect that. If anything, it kind of makes the Wii U version seem a little worse. Because it makes it seem dumbed down. Yeah, because it's like, wait, like, 
this is like a more powerful version, but it still has the same number of characters as this one. Yeah, and they're not. I don't know. It, it's really. Big. I mean, and, and like, like I like I don't I don't even mean or even really care too much about ice climbers. I mean, I, ne- I mean yeah, they're fun. Like, yeah, but at, I mean it's still like that just means like it got bottlenecked for no reason. It's the principle of the matter. Yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, I mean, who knows like what else got like taken out because of this? Right. Like, and like. And he even made a comment, like, oh, yeah, so we were like, well, the Ice Climber's a big deal. Like, when they were deciding if they should cut him or try and make it work. Well, Ice Climber's a big deal. Well, they're not, the franchise isn't that huge anymore, and they're not going to be revived anytime soon. Cut him. That's apparently the train of thought, he said in his article. Which makes it even weirder, because that really shows that Smash Bros. has become a marketing tool for Nintendo. Remember I said that after uh, Shulker's reveal for Xenoblade? Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's a marketing move. You said it, too. I think we were... We both said yeah, yeah, it makes sense because like, well, like why, why, would, why ice climber? Yeah, like why well, else would we have Lucario as opposed to any of the Pokemon? Because right, he right. had the movie. He has like, yep, he yep. was like, he was important to the plot too. Although apparently Lucario was chosen before the movie was set, which oh, is interesting. Good point. That's a weird, that's a weird coincidence. But yeah. um, I guess a good was, example would. But, well, I was gonna say same thing with Greninja, but I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, a good example would be um, Mewtwo. Because he also had his Mewtwo, own movie. Yeah, because Mewtwo <laughs> was a very popular, unique Pokemon that has a movie. Pichu had... Pichu had, had, had the Pichu movie, brothers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but... And then it's like... Duck Hunt Dog? I don't know. Duck Hunt, I still think... I said this last episode, I'm sticking to it. I still think there's going to be a Duck Hunt revival. And I still want next-gen games to do it. Or not next-gen. Next level. I think he maybe just wanted to put more emphasis on all these people. Maybe. Because, I mean, you have pretty much like... You have Pac-Man, you have Rob, you have Duck Hunt Dog, you have Mr. Game & Watch. That's true. Like you have literally like, and then Duck Hunt Dog move said it's like his entire like it's all like yeah Zapper yeah. game. So it's kind of you have the whole main representation of that era there. That's that's very true. That might be all it is. But um, either way, yeah, Ice Climbers not being in there sucks. And there are other hard. It's funny though because like their yeah. old NES game isn't even that great. But I mean, obviously their character. I used to love it as a kid, and looking back, I have no idea why. <laughs> like I used to love it. Like yeah. I was obsessed. I remember when the classic NES. So I can't believe like, I made myself play this game. I know, right? Like, I bought the cartridge when they did the classic NES series on Game Boy Advance. Like, oh, I bought Ice Climber for full price, 30 whatever it was, 30 bucks, I think? 25 bucks, whatever they did. You must have been like, wow, this was it? Yeah, and I played it, and I'm like, that actually that's my exact reaction. I'm like, wow, this is it. But it's funny, because at the time, I kind of brainwashed myself to being, no, it is really good. I used to love this. Oh, yeah, when so I, like, wrote a review for the old Ram Nintendo back in high school. For those that don't know, Ram Nintendo is like a daily news set I I gave it like an insanely high score. I don't remember. I want to say I gave it like a nine or something, which is insane, because I'm like, Oh, I used to love this game. So the nostalgia just rose tinted glasses. The jumping is not shitty. It's supposed to be intentional, which I mean, I guess it could it is. be. Yeah, nice. <laughs> no, no, no. Like the way they jump, like because well, I mean, how do you plan on jumping with some good traction if there's no traction to you? No, I mean, well, wait, that it, didn't make sense. You know, what I mean, if you're on slippery ice and you jump, you're not gonna have a very smooth jump, or your jump's good. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, no, it's just no like sense. oh, we're talking about like the air momentum in the air, oh, which is weird. Because yeah. I mean, I guess. Coming from like a Mario game, yeah, and then he has it like you can't expect jump. Also, nothing changes in the game. You get to the top, you get the eggplant, rinse and repeat. There's like nothing different. Sure, yeah. the mountain might look a little different, but it's like Mario. A, a game like that would have probably done would have been better than arcade game. I could have, I don't know. I could I could clearly picture it like just like as an old arcade machine and right. playing that and be like, oh, this is kind of cool as an arcade game because it just repeats. That's it. Right, right, yeah. But no, yeah, it's more like Pac-Man or Donkey Kong than it is. It's more like Donkey Kong than Mario, now that yeah. I think about it. It's Donkey Kong on ice. On the other hand... Oh my hand, god, I just came to realization it's Donkey Kong on ice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, on the other hand, I mean, their exclusion also kind of means that there's, you're never going to see anyone doing the wobble combo, so... Right. That's oh, kinda, thank god. So, I so, hate... So, yeah. so, so I think that's kind of cool. Like, I, I think yeah. getting rid of any kind of like instant kill maneuver is, is great. Yeah. So, 
I mean, they could have made it so Nana just couldn't grab people. Right, but that'd be but... too that'd be too much work because they'd have to make them work in the first place. Yeah, why didn't they just dumb Nana down? Why did they just make like one Luma. ice climber and just make a new moveset? Yeah, just give her like a Nana alternate. Yeah, Popo and Nana. Probably Pick one or the other. Why didn't they make Sakurai? Lucas why are we doing your job? For... I don't know. For why are we having <laughs> to do Sakurai's job for him? <laughs> I'm being too hard on him. He put so much like heart and soul Where... and effort into all these games that I feel yeah. I feel bad even teasing that he did enough. Like he does do a lot, but then like sometimes you have to question like where he puts the effort and where he doesn't put the yeah, effort. Yeah, and why he likes clones. Yeah, Dark Pit is still kind of Doctor Mario as well. Well, Doctor Doctor Mario is just a callback to Melee, which was a clone to begin with. But yeah, Dark yeah. Pit. Nobody cares about that. Dark Pit, it's weird. It's like full circle because Pit had a dark costume in Smash Bros. Sakurai went, gee, that could be a whole plot point in Kid Icarus Uprising and made Dark Pit a character. Now, Dark Pit's back in Smash Bros. as a character who started off as just an alternate color for the original Pit in Smash Bros. It's like a cyclical... <laughs> it's weird. Like he's you know, literally... funny? And Dark yeah. Pit has an alternate for regular Pit. Does he really? Yeah. Why? Because he just wants to mess with because, people? Because I guess some people is are going to be like... Troll? Is he trolling? Is this character a troll character? Because some people are going to be like, well, I really like how Dark Pit plays. Which I, is the same as Pit. I guess I like his knockback a little more, but I still want him to look like Pit. That's so stupid. I'm I mean, sorry. Well, no I mean, offense like, to like, anyone that likes that idea, but that's, I, I, that, I do not get it. Like, I mean, I forgive... I mean, the only reason I say like, I forgive like Dr. Mars is because at least he has... um. I mean, his downbeat's different. Like, some of his stuff is more noticeably different. Right. But Dark Pit, like, all his moves have the exact same animation. He literally uh, is a copy-paste. Yeah, I mean, like, I... I um, yeah, Falco, I, I considered him a clone in Melee, but, like, in... In Brawl, he... All, like, all his normal moves, like, were completely different. Like, they uh-huh. went out of his way to make him, like, his own character. He is his own character. Uh-huh. But these new people, like, they're definitely just... They're just tweaks. I mean... I wonder how close they're getting to the deadline yeah. when they're, like... Uh, copy paste, copy paste. Yeah, like, I mean, I yeah, I mean, like yeah. That's like another, that's like another reason why, down. like, I don't care too much that he's there. It's yeah. just more like, like, okay, I mean, it doesn't take any effort to make a clone. Dark like, like, Pit is the Mario Kart Eight battle mode of Smash Bros. <laughs> the half-ass attempt, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Dark Pit fans out there that are happy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I, I did. I, are there Dark Pit fans? <laughs> I mean, if I it's ever. Just a, I mean, I don't really darker pit. I mean, I don't really pit, pick too often, but I could definitely see myself picking dark pit more than. Oh yeah, pit. but I could also just change the color and do that that way. That's how it wasn't brawl. No, I, I think I just wouldn't want to pick regular pit. Uh, His voice is too high pitched. I guess that's the difference. Well, that's why they they wanted to change the voice. That's why they did. But uh, kind of transitioning, I guess, away from characters. There, are, ice climbers weren't the only technical limitation, like the only limitation from hardware at play here. Um, Miiverse and the internet browser on the 3DS will not work when you're running the game on a current version of a Nintendo 3DS. The new Nintendo 3DS... The cost of wanting a Smash Bros. themed 3DS. Yeah. Isn't that great? You have a Smash Bros. themed 3DS that you can't even use the 3DS's function, functionality properly when playing Smash Bros. on your Smash Bros. 3DS. And I mean, I can never post... To a screenshot to Miiverse. Yeah, just text. Yeah, because the new 3DS, with its extra RAM, presumably, will let you post. Because I think what's happening here... Is if I remember correctly, there are basically two RAM sets of RAM, or two not literal sets, but they're, the RAM split in some way. There's like in the 3DS, and most of it's towards the game, but there's also a second batch of RAM, or whatever you would call it, a second helping, second scoop, and that's um, for the menu because the menu overlays at all times. Uh, Smash Bros. In order to achieve its 60 frames per second fighting and all this franticness on screen and 3D and everything, I believe is borrowing 
the RAM is for the menu normally. So they had to chop off some of the memory stuff, you know, the intense memory stuff like the internet browser and Miiverse, which is powered by the internet browser. So that's why the current 3DS doesn't support it. And, you know, you can kind of see this, actually, if you close the Smash Bros. demo on your 3DS. Everyone go try this. Go close your Smash Bros. demo. It reboots your 3DS. It does a soft reset, as if you just did a firmware update. I think that's it switching the RAM back to its regular task. Like, the only way the RAM could know, oh, I need to be the menu So again, right is now it's soft reset it? Can I close it? No, 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 not when you close. I mean when you close the demo, when you turn oh. off the demo. When you quit the demo, home button, X. It will, I don't know how many times you do that, but it actually turns off the 3DS. The screens um, go black for about 10 seconds and come back on. Or 5 seconds. It's as if you did a firmware. Yeah, update. I haven't turned off the 3DS except to change it to the new 3DS since the <laughs> demo came out. Right, yeah. It but it's, it's yeah, it does that fade out, and it's it's definitely it reassigning the RAM or something. So, so yeah, they're, they're pushing it to its limits. And, um, unfortunately, it seems like the 3DS just isn't 100% up to snuff, which is why I can't do Miiverse, why I can't do Internet Browser. And, of course, there's the whole, um... There's more of a correction, but there's also the whole circle pad, second analog, circle pad pro, second analog issue. So as we know, the new 3DS comes with the C stick, and as we were talking about last episode, that's super weird that Smash Bros. will support the C stick for a system that won't come out in the West until like eight months after Smash Bros. or some crazy long time. We said at the time, well, at least there's a circle pad pro, and we owe a correction because it turns out, in the time between us recording the episode and us posting the episode on the site, Nintendo updated their Japanese website with news that the Circle Pad Pro will not be supported. So, not only can you not use a second analog stick that doesn't exist on your system, but you can't even hack on a second analog stick and use that. Nintendo is literally making it only a new 3DS feature, which, between this and the Miiverse thing, makes it abundantly clear to me, clearer than ever, that the new 3DS and Smash were going to launch simultaneously at one point, and for whatever reason, they did not. So, that, I think, seals the deal that that's the case with that. Um... It's not to say the 3DS is totally useless. Uh, one cool thing it can do is if you have a 3DS copy of Smash Bros. and a Wii U copy of Smash Bros., you can play the Wii U copy using the 3DS as a controller. So, I mean, I guess it's a clever way to ensure you have enough controllers if you have multiple people over and they have, you know, Smash on 3DS with them. But, uh, I, I, actually, you know what? No, it does make more sense. You know what's like I say, it, it doesn't make sense, but it also makes sense if you're used to playing on 3DS yeah, so and then you want to switch so to so Wii U. I'm sure it won't be the case, but, like, I've been playing so much... Well, my brother and I have been playing so much um, of the 3DS demo, like, for hours and hours that... How much have you sunk into it? Mm, easily over... I don't know. It's The last time I checked it a few days ago, it was over 10 hours. But That's know. one stage in six characters. That's a, a healthy serving of that one stage in six characters. Yeah, I've just been playing, like, I think, in Mario mainly. And some Mega Man. I thought Elvis really liked Villager. That's what I've been playing as. Oh. Elvis has only been playing as Villager. Like, only Villager. He's good That's like, as Villager. Dude, he dominated he, GameStop Expo. He's really good as Villager now. It's like, oh my god. He like, dominated GameStop Expo. Every match, no matter the opponent. That's that was all, on Wii U as well. Yeah, that, that's Elvis. He, he's, I don't know, freaking Villager. Playing with him also made me realize that Villager is like a master against anyone that has a projectile game. So Mega members of Villager, like, just forfeit. Like, you could pocket. Yeah, his, you could pocket. Uh, for those that haven't seen Villager in action, his B, I believe it's his B, is um, his B move is just pocketing an I, pocketing a projectile, pocketing a final smash, pocketing anything. <laughs> you could pocket any hit. Like he has, um, I guess he's invincible for a few frames the moment you hit him. I right. mean, the moment he presses B, which is his pocketing attack. Yeah. And after hitting him with final smashes, like he'll 
just dodge the first one. He could even pocket Pikachu's thunder. Just, like, grab... Which is insane if you think about it. He'll like grab the thunder and then you can like shoot it back down. I don't know, it's, he's just ridiculous. Oh, point is, um, we've been playing that for so for such a long time, and then we're like, oh, we should just play Brawl for old times' sake, because that's such an old league game now. And um, it felt weird playing with an analog stick. It, it, like the the distance of the stick from the control, like yeah, the, just, the give it ha- has versus the circle pad. Yeah, like and then just like feet, just the feel of it. I don't know. It, I needed like a second readjustment period. It was right, weird. Right, right. Like, I was too. Used, I don't know. Like the three D sense started feeling comfortable. Not that I doubt I'll ever replace an actual controller, right. but. I could see myself, like, if we're out of controller or something, I could see, like, okay, I'll, I'll play on the 3DS and you guys could get the controller kind of situation. So I guess it makes but, sense that's an option. Now, me, it's the opposite. Yeah, I'm, yeah, like, I, I, oh, sorry. No, so, go ahead. Yeah, so basically, yeah, like, I, I'm i sure, like, always with either, like, I'm, we don't feel limited by the controls and what we could do in Smash Brothers. Like, I feel like at this point it's just figuring out what the characters can do, but, like, I don't feel right. like the controls are holding me back in any way. See, I'm the opposite. But we just almost. played it that long, too. So. Right, that, and that's probably why you're so comfortable with it, because when you play 10 hours in a week, <laughs> it does that. I think it's been a week. Yeah, a week. Um, but yeah, with me, it's like the opposite in that I over I rely on the smash stick, like using the C-stick or the right analog, way, 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 way too much. Like, that's the only way I do it. So, as a result... Uh, it's really hard for me to, like, get... Sm- I can do smashes in the 3DS version, but I actually have to be like, okay, I'm gonna smash now. Like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't just come natural. And I've, play- you've- I've played a bunch of it with you yeah, guys so It sounds like the stuff. new 3DS may help out with that. Actually, yeah. that's what I noticed a lot from watching you play um, at Comic-Con. Um, since when on we were- 3DS or Wii U? On 3DS. Because um, in order to get a shirt, you have to, like, play... Oh, right, yeah, you yeah, to- yeah. You have to play Smash, and then you have to play against four people. Right, and you're and over then- my shoulder. And then I was, like, kind of, like, over Jason Charles, like, kind of just throwing out, like, I guess I don't want to say coaching it, but like, Jason, like, do this more. Jason, throw some smash attacks. I mean, but, I know you don't want to say coaching, but that is literally what the definition of coaching is. Alright, I guess I was coaching Jason. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, the majority of the time, whenever, like, it felt like he was supposed to do a smash attack, he kept doing just, like, the normal A. Or I'd, like, build it up forever and then do it. And yeah, by no. then, the, the opponent would be, like, on the other side of the stage. That's what, like, makes sense. Like, it didn't even occur to me, like, oh, I guess... I'm just used I, to the system. Yeah, I, I guess, like, for some people, it'd be weird. Yeah, because I didn't have problems with it. Even the... It's but... not like I'm, like, incapable. It's just I'm no, used yeah. to it. Yeah, because even the N64 smash, if I remember correctly, the C buttons did Yeah, because you could literally smash it. Like, this yeah. one, you're sliding it across, so it's, like, you're, I guess for weird. most people, you're not really sure how much pressure you're supposed so, to do. So, I mean, I'll get... I'll get... clearly, some people are putting too much pressure, so... Yeah, and, it, and they're breaking off, as we touched on earlier. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll get used to it, but there's no... I'll put it this way. When we were at GameStop Expo, me and Elvis, um, they had both Wii U and 3DS Smash Bros. We played the 3DS one a total of two times. We played the Wii U one something like two hours. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, not it's an HD. Yeah, I know. But, and that's not to say at all that the 3DS one isn't good. It's great. It was really fun. I mean, the demo that you've been sinking time into, the demo that we got through Club Nintendo a week early and all that jazz, it's really, really fun. I really like it. It's awesome that you can play Smash Bros. anywhere. But... It pales in comparison to the HD, fully right analog support Wii version. <laughs> yeah, I just can't compare it. It's, yeah. It, it keeps reminding you, like, why does this even exist? But then you're like, well, I mean, at least I have a portable Smash Brothers. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It, it's weird, though, because, like, we're, like, bad-mouthing it, but at the same time, we're praising it. Like, it's super good. It's probably one of the bad best it because games. it exists, but because it exists... It's really good yeah. that it does exist. Like, it's really... it's exist. It has a good existence, but why does it have an existence, <laughs> I guess? But, um... I will say, though, that, like, uh, Mega Man's super fun. I use Mega Man at... He is really fun. I use Mega Man at GameStop Expo almost exclusively, and I've used him along the DS, 3DS demo and 
He's just fun. I think he just channels the old 8-bit Mega Man really, really well. Even how A little too grow. much for my liking. Yeah, like, his it, jump is straight I, up. I, I feel like he doesn't, like, making him feel exactly like he would control in a Mega Man game kind of hurts him. How so? Like, what, what, what do you think it, it inhibits or hurts? Uh, I, I hate that his, um, I hate that his, um, Mega Buster is his smash attack. Because it just makes it so... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, if you even try to charge it, it just makes it, like, the easiest smash attack to dodge or avoid. And if you're fighting, I guess, the villager, since mm-hmm. he's, like, my only opponent, basically, <laughs> like, it's just, like, an easy catch. And if he catches one of your fully charged Mega Busters, it's an automatic kill for him if he hits you with it. And he can return it as fast as you can recover from shooting it. Right. So, and also, like, his neutral A, just hitting A is his pellet gun. And, and, I, get, like, and I get it, like, oh, it's super iconic, that's what he does. Yeah. But, like, it has, like, a short range and... You can't really combo off of it or do anything with it. You just kind of pew pew pew, and that's it. Like right. after, like after the that's three, true, yeah. like after the three hits, like they could just roll away or jump away. But that's yeah, like, that's it. But he is fun. I mean, I mean, he's not the best fighter. He, but he's he's better. Fun. I mean, he he definitely has potential. You just have to kind of run away a lot. But yeah. I'm kind of the person that wants to just like get Engage. in someone. Yeah, like I want to like chase someone down and get in their face and. Now, Villager... That. And, and Mega Man is definitely... That's why, like, I love playing as Bowser, and that's why I really, oh. really like Little Mac, because that's all he does. Oh, Little Mac, you have to, like, home in on him for his punch move to go through. Like, you really have to be, like, up in their face. Yeah, and then, like, Rob is... He was kind of, fun at Yeah, Summer. like, Rob, like, my other really good main, he's, like, my in-between, because obviously he has projectiles, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah, my, uh... One of my mains in, like, Brawl was Toon Link, and I played him a lot. He was in the Wii U demo. He's not in the 3DS demo that's been distributed, but he was in the Wii U demo at GameStop Expo. He, like, Marth was my other main, and they nerfed him. I've said that before on the show, but they definitely, he's slower, weaker. He really, the tip is, like, really of his sword where the main damage is. is like, it's more precise almost, I feel like. You have to really nail it. But Toon Link is just, like, great. Like, I don't know if they made him better or if it's just exactly the same, but I hadn't, or just because I'm used to him, but I really enjoy using Toon Link in the Wii U version. Yeah, Toon, Toon Link's always been, like, a more fun version of Link. Yeah. But like definitely, though. You know, Mega Man and Toon Link actually are, I can't put my finger on why, but they... Kind of remind me of each other. Like, when I was playing Mega Man, I'm like, oh, he's like Toon Link, but with a gun. Like, I don't know, maybe it's his height and the speed he moves. I'm not sure. And maybe I'm just crazy, but I kept thinking, I like him because I like Toon Link, which makes zero sense. No. Oh, I don't know. That kept popping in my head when I was playing him on, on Wii Because they're both kids? Look, they both look like kids? I don't know. I, it might be just the height, but I think they run <laughs> roughly the same speed, too. So that might have... Like, because, you know, some characters are slower. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I mean, it always it always seems it always seemed like Tuning runs really fast just because his running animation has him like do a ton of steps because yeah. he's like short legs. And Mega Man just like peg legs. And Mega Man just has like a regular anime looking run. Yeah, I, I like I like I said I can't really put my finger on it, but it yeah. just like I kept thinking like hey he's like Tuning he's really not. Although Mega Man has a really good up B. His, his rush using Rush's dog as a spring pad thing is kind of it's basically Sonic's up B, but the dog sticks around. Oh, it yeah. is like Sonic's, because Sonic's spring sticks around. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly Sonic's. Sonic's. It's Sonic's. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too... We kind of ended up going a little nitty-gritty into Smash, but we're at full impressions of the 3DS version, two episodes Yeah, I now. haven't played with any of the characters that I actually want to play as. I've just I been... am excited to play as Pac-Man. I'm really excited to try Pac-Man. Mm. I'm really excited to have a match between Pac-Man, Mario, Sonic, and Mega Man, because 7-year-old, 8-year-old Jason would not believe it. His head would explode, like... It's crazy. It's so cool. Dang. So cool. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, we'll have full impressions of the new Smash in two weeks, or not two weeks, two episodes from now when we have you know ample time to play the final game. Uh, but Smash actually wasn't the only major high-profile Nintendo game getting a demo. Nintendo's kind of doing an about-face about demos because in addition to Smash, 
they and the po uh, Nintendo and the Pokemon Company also announced that Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire will be getting a special downloadable demo sometime between now and their November 21st launch, which I don't think Pokemon's ever had a demo for anything, ever. So that's kind of a big deal. Um, we don't really know exactly... How do you even demo Pokemon? Well, that's the thing. They're not doing a standard demo. It's going to be an exclusive experience that is not in the full game. So what you're going to do, what they've said so far, they haven't gone into detail, but they said that you're, you're going to um, encounter a familiar Pokemon who will Mega Evolve into a new form, and then along the way you'll collect rewards, and both that Pokemon and the rewards can then be transferred into the full game. So it's like a, holding your hand through a forest type of thing, probably. Oh, and what's interesting is they're not just distributing it on the eShop, most likely. In Japan, you'll get a download code with Koro Koro Magazine, which is a Japanese magazine that often, if not always, is the source for new Pokemon news. Like, they always announce things through them. Like, new types of Pokemon, new games, that sort of stuff. Koro Koro is, like, the main one. So now they're giving out these demo codes. And they said they're going to announce how they will distribute it to fans in North America, but they didn't say what that means, so... So we'll see. But it's interesting. Like um, Nintendo used to remember this was a company. It's like we don't want to do demos. This was a few years ago. We don't really want to do demos because like we think it will diminish the value of the final game. We want people to buy the game, not play the demo to death. So then they did do demos, but they put the number limit on it. You know, five plays, ten plays. And then Nintendo themselves didn't release any. We never got a demo for Mario Kart. We never got a demo for like Mario. We never got World. any for the Wii U. Right. Since and even on 3DS, they're pretty. The demos we get are pretty like you know Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, not Pokemon X and Y. Yet now, their two biggest games have demos. So, And one of them, Smash Bros., if you're a Club Nintendo member that got early access, no time, no limit, or else you would not play 10 hours. Well, no, I just haven't turned it off. That too. But, I mean, no limit regardless. There is no limit. Like they're, Pretty sure I could have made it two whole weeks. Without yeah, you probably could have. Well, not with a new 3DS in the middle. Oh, yeah, you could have. Really yeah. But point being, it's weird to see that Nintendo like, doing such a dramatic turnaround. I mean, it's great, but it's weird. They also, um, I should probably mention, they also announced some other stuff involving Pokemon uh, Alpha, Ruby, and Omega Sapphire. Uh, namely, or mainly, that Pokemon Global Link and Pokemon Bank, unsurprisingly, are in, are going to be supported. So you will be able to import Pokemon from X and Y. That's advertised. Point. You will be able to, yeah. They, are, they did future-proof them for real, and they are actually there. And they also said that... Uh, well, they didn't say it, but you can infer there's not going to be a third version. There will be no, like, beta emerald or something. Just like heart, gold, and soul silver. Right, and they never had a crystal. And the reason you know this is because the cover star of emerald is going to have a major role. I don't... How do you even say his name? Rayquaza. Thank you, Rayquaza. Is, uh, he has a major, major role in Omega and, and Alpha. Well, he is well, a key part to the story of how Mega Evolutions came to be. That's all they're saying. Hoo-hoo-hoo. I mean, also announced new mega well, I mean, in, in the in the story, he's always been the mediator between Groudon and Kyogre. Right, but apparently like, he like the stop fighting guys. But apparently, he also made Mega Evolutions a thing somehow. So, so I, keep your I, eyes. I mega evolved before it was cool. Yeah, he's the mega evolving hipster, <laughs> hipster of mega evolving. But uh, yeah. yeah, so that's happening. That that's all happening. They're getting a demo, um, and. Yeah, Pokemon is just one of many, many, many things happening in November, actually. I think the demo might be before then, but Pokemon itself is November 21st. Smash for Wii U is most likely November. The first batch of Mario Kart 8 DLC, the Link, the Zelda crossover, really that's November. So wouldn't Nintendo release Smash Bros. and Pokemon the same day? Yep. They did it with Zelda and Mario last year. Zelda and Mario. Which Mario? A Link Between Worlds and 3D World. I just answered your question wasn't backwards. It, wasn't it Zelda and nope. Kirby? What came out with Kirby at the same time? Mario Golf. You're right. You're right. On May 2nd. You're right. Why do I know the date? 
What's wrong with me? Anyway, uh, no, but November, but November's stacked if you think about it. If you're a Nintendo fan, because you have, like I said, you have Pokemon, Smash Bros., uh, the first Mario Kart 8 DLC, and now Nintendo's saying that on top of all that, they're adding more to the holiday season because they're going to be doing some Hyrule Warriors DLC. Keep in mind, the game's not out till next week, but they're already announcing it. Koei Tecmo actually used Tokyo Game Show as an excuse to announce all this stuff because it is out in Japan. And there's two things. First, there's a free update with three new playable characters, uh, Hyrule Warriors, Sia, Volga, and Vizro, three of the main baddies in the story mode, uh, are going to be playable now in a free update. And that update will also enable the ability to download paid DLC, and Nintendo's going to be, de- be doing four different DLC packs, which slowly add more and more to the game. Uh, the first pack is called the Master Quest pack. It's going to come with a new scenario. New Master Quest. Yep. A new scenario, a new weapon, a new adventure map, and two additional costumes. Month after that's going to be the Twilight Princess pack, which presumably is modeled after that game, with a brand new character, a new weapon, a new adventure map, and two more costumes. Now, adventure maps are the uh, story mode levels, I believe. So basically, you're getting a realm from the Twilight Princess game of some sort. I don't know, probably the Twilight, not Twilight Zone, but you know, the Twilight. You're probably going to be fighting in that. So that's my hunch. Um, Then a month after that, they're doing the Ultimate Fan Service with the Majora's Mask pack, that will include two new characters. I'm placing my bets on Skull Kid being one of them. A new adventure map, probably set in somewhere from Majora's Mask. And three more costumes. Most likely, if I had to guess, the masks. The Deku Link mask. the or Whatever, you know, the three masks that you have in um, Majora's Mask. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, to top it all off, however many months down the road from now, they're going to be doing the Ganon pack, which is two entirely new game modes. So basically, they're adding a lot of stuff. And uh, individual pricing was announced in Japan, not in America yet, but in Japan it's 1,200 yen for those packs and then 500 yen for the Ganon additional game modes. So that's roughly 10 bucks for the, per pack or and 5 bucks for the Ganon modes at the end, which isn't insane pricing. It's relatively reasonable. But if you do a season pass and buy them all, you get all that for like $20, which is like more than half off. So well, way more. So um, it's kind of like Mario Kart. Um, because not only do you get the season pass where you pre-order it and you get it all at, dis- at a huge discount, but they're also going to give you an instant thank you in the form of a Darkling costume that you can use as soon as you get the DLC. Hmm. Just like the so, Yoshi exactly, thing. Exactly. Shiga, yeah. So, I mean, I think, if nothing else, this shows that Nintendo's doing DLC right. Like I said that about Mario Kart, but now it's really becoming clear. Because, like, it's funny how much the DLC's kind of morphed. Because before Mario Golf came out, if you recall... Everyone was freaking out because they announced the DLC. It's like, oh, how can you announce like three whole new, you know, cut or whatever it was, three new packs with different characters and different courses and da 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 da. And then Tab basically pitched it as, well, hey, it's a good value because you're paying thirty dollars for the game, not forty, and then we're giving you a third or like half the game's worth of content back for only however many more, fifteen dollars more or whatever. Um, and then they got even, and you know, people were like, oh, I guess. And then they kind of honed it in. They're like, okay, Mario Kart, we're gonna do it like this. You pay this much. You pay, you know, however, 12 bucks or whatever, and you get literally half the content in new content. Like, 50% of the game on top of what's already there. So that's a super good deal. And now they're, you know, running with that scheme with high rewards. In other words, they get it. They're doing it right. All companies should do it like this. Go Nintendo.com. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just think they're doing a great job. Like, this is how DLC should be done. You should reward the fans that buy the game. Yeah, you can make them pay, but don't make them, like, pay a ridiculous amount. It's... A, it's a thank you as much as it is a money-making scheme. So, scheme. 
Yeah. But I, I did say at the top of this little segue into how it was that how crowded November is. And it's not really just first party Nintendo. I mean, even third party is actually kind of ramping up. Specifically, um, Ubisoft, much to my surprise, announced that Watch Dogs is actually really, for real, for realsies, coming to Wii U on November 18th. They gave a date. Whoa. It's happening. I, I swear, ever since they said it was coming to Wii U and then said we're still bringing it to Wii U, I said, no, you're not. It's going to be canceled. It's happening. It's real. They even detailed what you can do with it. You can use the gamepad as a map, and you can have off TV play. That's it. They didn't say anything about hacking. If they don't do hacking through the gamepad, because, you know, hacking's a pretty good part. Or not necessarily uh, hacking, but, like, the security camera trickery and that sort of thing. The, the, the only thing I could see, because, I mean... The hacking isn't that. Yeah, yeah, because hacking in the game is literally, is literally, yeah, it's literally a button press. But if they don't That's do it. the security camera hacking, where, like, you... You know how you can, like, view... Oh, because, yeah, look at the gamepad. That and... should be on the gamepad, and it should be gyro-based. If they don't do that, they screwed up. And I'm worried they did screw up. Because they haven't released a trailer or a screen or any screen. Yeah, I would hope that on the map, since you can use the map down there, kind of like in the game, like set your check or check your. Oh, just set, like set your waypoint. You yeah, touch where you want to go, and then it'll show you the trail. That'd be nice. But I doubt it. I mean, and you never know. You never know. But I, but I am concerned because they didn't show a single. Like I said, no screenshots, no trailer. Why? Just like, I don't know. There's like, yeah, it's coming out. That doesn't bode. They're like watchdog. Trust us. Yeah, yeah. Watchdog. D a w g. You'll see. But uh, and and the thing is, Ubisoft's kind of sending it to die too. Because let's say Smash Bros. does come out on November twenty first, which is like all but guaranteed now. Watchdogs comes out that same week. Pokemon comes out that same week. If you're a Nintendo fan, you get Watchdogs. You're, duh. No, if you're a Nintendo fan, you're obviously getting Smash and maybe and probably Pokemon. You're not going to most likely have the money to like go buy Watch Dogs. Man, Watch Dogs is going to get smashed. Watch Dogs is going to get smashed and Pokemon... No, that pun doesn't work. Watch Dogs is going to get Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire did. did. No, but it's, it's, it's kind beta? of... A, beta? The target Pokemon version? Oh, yes. Alpha and Beta. Yeah. Forgot about that. All right, we already made a beta, when I, a beta joke when I called it Beta Emerald as the third version that won't happen. But, um... Yeah, it's just, why would they say out to die? I mean, even Sega knows better. Sega has Sonic Boom, Sonic Boom um, Rise of Lyric, or whatever the Wii U version is called. That was co- going to come out on November 18th as well. They then went, huh, that's dumb, and moved it over to November 11th, the same day as the 3DS version. Originally, they were a week apart, and that was bad planning, and they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. So now it's a week earlier. So at least someone could somehow buy that game, save up more money, and then buy Smash. Otherwise, In one week? You never know. Never know. I mean, I, I, I was being kind of facetious when I said that. Someone was going to clearly do that, but someone will. But yeah, so it's just like, I don't know why Ubisoft would take that gamble. They basically are saying out to die. They're doing it, maybe, so they can then go, look, it didn't sell, we told you, and then not support Wii U anymore. But that seems like a really, that's such a, like a backwards, like, I don't think that's actually true, because that's such backwards logic. Yes, this major corporation that's all about profit, yeah, I'm sure they, they purposely I'm... sabotage their sales just so they could prove a point to some fanboys. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure they want to succeed with with they want, yeah. the least amount of effort on their part, I guess. Yeah, and I guess that would be the least amount because that's going into Black Friday, but like that's the week before. Hmm. But who knows? But in 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 uh, other third party news, totally unrelated third party news, we're finally learning what the next Ace Attorney is all about. Over at the Tokyo Game Show, Capcom finally detailed it. As you may recall, um, they previously announced that the game, which is being called the Great Ace Attorney, is set in the 1800s. Doesn't feature Phoenix Wright. Features an ancestor, and had kind of a European flair to it in the teasers that they showed. And it turns out there's good reason it has a European flair. Uh, it's got to feature Sherlock Holmes and Watson. 
Although Watson's now an eight-year-old girl. Because why not? And because every single Ace Attorney game has a sidekick that's an eight-year-old. They're watching her last name now? Yeah. I imagine her first name's Emma. She stars in Harry Potter films. (laughs) But, but yeah, it's... uh, Giving the British thing away? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so they're going to be in the game. It's set in London, at least in part. I'm guessing the crossover... Emma Watson and Robert Downey Jr. Yep. But I'm guessing the... uh, the latent crossover inspired the developers to just set the game in London directly or something. But yeah, I'll be set in London. It's going to be fully 3D like Ace Attorney 5. And you won't be playing as Holmes directly. He'll instead be a crucial role in the game as will Watson in the form of a new, what they're calling, collaborative deductive, or deductive, collaborative deduction system. I don't know, it's almost like, it almost sounds like they're taking the whole Leighton versus Phoenix and just kind of making their own thing. Like they went, about. gee, that's pretty cool. Let's just like rip it off ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, so this new system... <laughs> let's have this guy be our Leighton. Right, yeah, let's just bring in the real mystery solver that everyone knows. But, uh, yeah, and the new system does kind of play up to the fact that, you know, Sherlock Holmes is famous for his observational skills. That's, like, his trademark thing. You can see it in the BBC show with Benedict Cumberbatch, which is, like, a great name. And you can see it. That's his name. Wasn't there a recent show called Sherlock? Yeah, something? that's him. Oh. Oh, there's also Sherlock... There's also um, oh, one on CBS. This, uh, with, with Angelina Jolie? No, Lucy Liu. Whatever. Lou. I, I once saw the a taping person. of a talk show and Lucy Liu was the guest. I then, many years later, saw a taping of another talk show. And, and Weren't you there at the Chinese Theater when we saw her? No, I wasn't with you. Oh. But, um, and then I, and then, uh, so I saw her at taping and then like, six, fast forward six years, I go to another taping, Conan O'Brien, and Cameron Diaz is there. So I assume the next taping I go to will be Drew Barrymore and I will have completed my set of Charlie's Angels. Because I'm already two for three, just by chance. So I have to finish the set. But no, uh, back to this. What I was going to say is that, um, yeah, they're playing up the trademark, like, observational skills. Because you see it in the movie, you see it in the show. And how it's going to work is he's really good at observing things, but in The Great Ace Attorney, Sherlock Holmes is not very good at deducing things from those observations. So uh, that's where you're going to come in as your ancestor of Phoenix, in that um, Holmes is going to see something and make a statement based on what he sees. I think the example there using a Tokyo Game Show was, like, he sees a guy that looks Russian. So he like he has a big burly beard and some other indicate and like a fur coat. And he's like, well, he's Russian, and then the attorney guy comes in and says, well, no, 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 because this could be for this reason, that could be for that reason. So basically, it's almost like the courtroom scene where you're kind of on rails. This dialogue's happening. Ace attorney guy is going, no, he's not because dot dot dot. You explain based on your evidence why he's not, and then it continues with the story. So it's almost like a courtroom battle of sorts, but it's um. It goes in phases or turns, so like Shark will have a turn, which is turn one. Turn two will be you rebuttal, having a rebuttal. Turn three will be Shark going, okay, what about this? I look at what I saw here, and they just kind of go back yeah, it, I really like how um, Capcom always finds new ways to kind of get the courtroom part of Ace Attorney out of the courtroom. Right. Like in um, and Ace Attorney Investigations, when you play as Edgeworth, like Phoenix's rival, like yeah. it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't really take place at all, like, in the court. You're just literally an investigator. You're just walking around, like, the crime scenes and figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. And instead, um, you just kind of have disputes with someone. They're like, oh, I think this guy killed him. It's like, oh, no, he didn't. And then it's pretty much, it plays exactly kind of like a courtroom thing, except right. instead of a cross-examination, it's called a rebuttal. And they're like, oh, you have your rebuttal, then you so have a counter-rebuttal. riff on that, kind of? Yeah, like. it, it sounds like, I mean, it's just, like, under a different name. Because yeah. you still have your evidence, and then... And then he also has something else called, like, a logic system where you kind of have, like, all these evidence and he kind of looks at a room and it's like, okay, I think the crime went down this way. And you kind of look at your clues and see how they match with each other. And then he steals out Eureka. And... 
is that his objection equivalent is Eureka. Yeah, and then there was one more that I wish I could have experienced, but we never got the sequel where apparently he had a mind chess where you had to like beat your opponent in a mental version of chess. That sounds awesome. I mean, I don't know how it works, obviously, because it was never like released Like, the here. pieces move when you present yeah, I mean, apparently there's a, com- a completed fan translation of the game, but I haven't really looked into how I would go about playing that. Right, right. And Probably the- emulator. Yeah, because, I mean, if it requires hacking a 3DS, I'm too lazy to do that. So. Well, it's, it's not a 3DS game. It'd work on a DS. You could probably just flash it onto a cart, like one of those ROM carts or something. Yeah. No, Still a lot of work. Or just yeah. play it on emulator. I don't promote piracy. I'm just... These are all homebrew options up until they become Yeah, piracy, it's, it's so. no longer... Oh, it's random comment, but I thought it was a great tweet that, yeah. that just said, um, like, I'm, I'm not going to pay 600 bucks for for um, Adobe Photoshop or any whatever. And then um, on the bottom, they just put in quotes like, talk like a pirate day. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's... I like that. <laughs> um, so modern. So, yeah. So modern and topical and timely and relevant to our culture today. Yeah. Yeah. Horror. Yar. It's not... Uh, we are recording this. I guess technically talk like pirate day is over, but we are, we started this on talk like a pirate day. Yeah. I guess with some people's logic, um, it's still the same day until you go to sleep. Right. Yeah. So we're failing at talking like pirates. By the way, oh man, that would have been so annoying to like, do the whole podcast in pirate. Band, I can't even do a pirate voice, but just imagine you talking about Bayonetta too and be like, "Yar!" And then the stage turns sideways, "Yar!" And smash! I love like Thor. <laughs> she blow. Yeah, yeah. Describe Mega Man's gun. Thor, Thor blows. Um, yeah. So that's what's going on with Ace Attorney. Um, it is nice how they always find new ways to bring it, even if it's just like a reskinning of an already existing concept. Every single game. I wish more games did this. Every single game does a new riff on the like core gameplay yeah because it's always a little different but as you can see there yeah really, there's a threat yeah. it's like mario yeah like, every mario is a little different in how it does platforming but they're all clearly yeah, it's familiar enough that you're like oh i get it but it's different enough that yeah. you're like it's different unlike so. say this is based strictly on what i've read and seen not played latent where every single game is the exact same you're doing brain teasers you're watching dialogue you're doing brain teasers you're watching dialogue like granted there are different types of brain teasers but at the end of the day it's the exact same formula every single time right yeah so it's kind of cool to uh, mix it up. The other, the uh, I guess moving away from that, the other big third-party announcement or really game announcement these past few weeks came from uh, Image Inform, who are the indie devs that made the, what I consider excellent, SteamWorld Dig. And lots of critics agree. But uh, have uh, you ever played it? No, I guess I just, uh, pretty sure I said it was You didn't dig it? It just never, you never, never really caught my it. attention. No, never dug into it? No, didn't, 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 uh, didn't. You're interesting. Dig it. Anyway, so the um, (laughs) they've been teasing this follow up for a really long time. They've been saying it's set in the same universe, but it's gonna feature its own unique gameplay, and they're you know they're just doing all these little hints. And then finally, they unveiled a new game. It's a multi platform release. It's called SteamWorld Heist. It's confirmed for 3DS. It's likely coming to Wii U. And basically, it's gonna replace the endless digging and like looting of uh, SteamWorld Dig for strategy, turn based strategy. So the game's gonna be like kind of following the same like ragtag robot species or whatever they are in Dig, uh, but this time they're in spaceships and they're searching for loot like out in space. So space pirates? Space. You could say they're space pirates hmm. in a way, just not the Metroid kind. But uh, so like in Dig, the gameplay is gonna be two D side scrolling, but instead of toll free movement, you do have that turn based mechanism as soon as you attach to another ship because you go you basically raid each other's ships that's how it works so as soon as you attach to another ship it goes into a full-on turn-based mode and um 
you're since you're looking for loot opposed to like actually fighting it's not so much about defeating all the enemies it's more about getting in and out of the ship as quickly as possible which is much treasure as possible and as much loot so each turn you're going to be getting closer to the end of a countdown when enemy reinforcements are going to arrive. It's up to you to like, get as much loot as you can and get out of there before that countdown ends. And of course there are enemies along the way, right? And when that happens, that's when it turns into like actual turn-based combat. Nintendo Life was getting some impressions of it, and they kind of described it as like a 2D version of Nintendo's own uh, codename Steam. Wow. So it's kind of like that idea, just flattened. And I, it sounds pretty cool. I mean, I'm not necessarily... I like some turn-based strategy games. I like, like, Advance Wars and Fire Emblem. So I'm interested it, for that reason. But I'm more interested just because, like, um, I really like SteamWorld Dig. It kind of flips... You know, th this game kind of flips the turn-based strategy genre on its head a bit because it's not so much about fighting. It's about avoiding the fight, in a way. Like, you just want to get the loot and get out of there. You don't want to get bogged down and lose turns on fighting because you only have so many turns. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see how this actually plays out for real. Uh... It's not coming until, like, next year, I don't think. So we have a little ways to wait. But what's kind of interesting is Image and Form is actually now forming a partnership with uh, Zoink, who make another game we've recommended on the podcast. Scooby-Doo and something? Yes, it's, it's actually just Shaggy. The game, it, the developer is just Shaggy by himself. No, uh, Zoink makes... You should know, Jose. You talked about this on the show. Stick it to the man. Oh, That was Zoink's game. game. Yeah. So Zoink and Image and Form are now in a publishing partnership where Jinkies. they're each going to make their own have a Scooby snack. They're each going to make their own games still, but they're going to work together to publish them, to promote them, to market them, to fund them. So it's just, it's, it's, we're at the point in indie development, I think, where, like, uh, studios are starting to realize they might not make it. Like, we, we, the bubble's about to burst, so all these studios that, like, put out games that aren't selling are going to have to, are going to go under. I mean, all right, not an example of a game I'm not, that didn't sell, but uh, Armillo, the developers of Fuzzy Wuzzy Games, the main coder programmer guy for Armillo just accepted a real normal, like, day-to-day, full-time job. So there probably won't be another Armillo because he was the main coder. So, you know, some indies are realizing they have to actually, like, have an established job to do something. Or they work together like Image and Form and Zoink are doing, and voila, they're able to keep making games. Mm -hmm. As an independent thing, they just team up. And of course, there are other exceptions like Ragged K, which probably isn't going anywhere, and Way Forward, which has clearly established itself with Shovel Knight. But you know, for every success story, there's probably ten failures. So, luckily, Image and Form will not be one of them, and I'm really curious to see what, what Steamroll uh, heist is like. So, in one in one final bit of news, you know what time it is? <gasps> Jason Sales Corner. Yes, it is time for Jason Sales Corner International Edition. I might add. We have MPD numbers for here in the United States, and we have some interesting tidbits out of Japan. So starting with the U.S., uh, MPD numbers are out for August of 2014, which was, for those of you who haven't looked at a calendar lately, that was a month ago. Less than a month ago. And, um, as always, uh, how it works is these numbers are only for the U.S., not for North America as a whole. So, you know, they're not entirely a picture of everything, just a snapshot of how things are here. And it wasn't a big month for Nintendo releases, so unsurprisingly, it was not a big month for Nintendo numbers. Um, looking kind of like on the macro level, the industry's still doing super well, thanks to next-gen systems. Sales in the industry were up 8%, and hardware itself went up an insane 116% over August of last year. That's just because of PS4 and Xbox One, basically. Well. Like, it's, it's, uh, PS4's on its eighth month of being the number one console, continuing to outsell, or sorry, eighth month to outsell Xbox One, and it's still the number one console, as I should have said. And what's interesting is that software sales are now reflecting that. For example, 
standalone copies of the number one game of the month, Madden 15. More of them were sold on PS4 and Xbox One. Xbox 360 used to be the Madden machine, so it's interesting that now PlayStation 4 is doing better. Similarly, we're seeing number two game of the month, Diablo 3, sell better on PS4 than Xbox One. Dang. So there's a the tide is changing, for sure. It's, it's PS4. PS4 already hit 10 million. They're they're that's the magic number that Microsoft used to say was who what determines who wins the war. The first 10 I bet million. they feel silly saying that number. I bet they do. But uh, the, the sad thing about these numbers for us is there were no Nintendo games in the top 10 whatsoever. And in fact, it was such a meh month for Nintendo as a whole that there's not even a press release. We don't know any official numbers. Uh, they had no sales numbers to brag about whatsoever, <laughs> so they just didn't brag. They had no, nothing they could spin. I bet the Smash Bros. demo was downloaded by more people than anything they sold. Them. Probably, which is kind of... Well, three, yeah, probably. Because the problem was they had no games this summer. I mean... They had Wii Sports. They're supposed to have Smash Brothers. They had Wii, yeah, they were. They had Wii Sports Club in July. We didn't, nothing came of that. I didn't even know that came out. Right, yeah, because it's been on eShop forever, so we didn't know anything about that. August, it was just uh, Phoenix versus Layton, Phoenix Wright versus Layton, but that's at the very end of the month. There's only two days in the tracking, so it's a niche tile. There's no way it's going to crack any sort of sales chart. What we do know, thanks to some leaked numbers, is that... Um, Part of the reason the games aren't selling is because the so-called savior of the Wii U, Mario Kart 8, is now not selling either. So if that's not selling, how can you expect anything to sell? In July, Mario Kart 8 managed to sell 270,000 units. In August, leaked numbers, which are accurate, uh, peg it at 66,000. Going from 270,000 to 66,000 is a pretty big drop. Now, part of that might be because the Club Nintendo promotion ended on July 31st, the one where if you buy Mario Kart, you get a free game. So their sales might be a little more front-loaded than usual as a result. And it's not to say it's not selling. 66,000 is still 66,000 66, more than what it sold the month before. But it was selling that number in like a week the month before. Not in a whole month. So that's kind of a big drop. And because of that, um, you know, it's just like the Wii U's not doing as well. Like it doesn't have as many games selling well. It's not selling as well. Some attach rates came out for how like each console does with all its software. Wii U software on average, someone who owns a Wii U in the United States owns 1.82 games. It's an average. That's why it's so weird. PS4 is at 2.08. Xbox One, interestingly, is at the most with 2.47. But And this doesn't include eShop numbers. So we use lowest, but it doesn't take into account if people are downloading things. So that might skew it a little bit. But still, it doesn't bode well for the Wii U, and it's not helping that... It, you know, if there's no game selling, there's no hardware selling. If there's no games available, there's no hardware that's going to sell. So as a result, uh, Wii U, according to leaked numbers again... Sold just shy of 60,000 units in August, which is actually down about 2,000 units from August of 2013. So that momentum it had, tapering off a little. Fizzled out. Now, that's not to say there won't be momentum coming back. I mean, we're now at the point where there's at least a game a month for the rest of the year. Of course, Smash Bros. is going to be huge. There's Bayonetta, there's, which won't necessarily be a big seller. There's Hyrule Wars, which could be a big seller. There's Mario Kart 8, which I guarantee is going to get a second wind of advertising in October or November, probably around the launch of the uh, DLC in November, actually. Like, it's it's going to pick back up. This is just a lull, because they had literally nothing to sell. But, I mean, I guess News Out Japan is better. Um, like well, we what? don't know how... What? <laughs> like what? I'm getting to it. Uh, <laughs> we don't know how 3DS did here in the States. It did low enough that... They, they, there's not even leaks of how it did. Uh, but over in Japan, its games are doing quite, quite well. Smash Bros. sold one million copies in two days. One million copies? In two days. 
In Japan, one million copies is a lot bigger. It's a lot of a big, a lot more of a big deal. Isn't that like one? That's like one out of every, one out of every two Japanese people. There are only two million people now. It's uh, but it's a very big deal to sell one million. It's only the fourth 3DS game to do so. The other three being Pokemon X and Y, Monster Hunter Four, and that Japan only game. I don't even know what it's about. Uh, Yokai Watch Two, the one from Level Five that like oh. blew up and did super well. So it's only the fourth game to do that. Uh. And it's it's pretty impressive, and I think it bodes well for when the series, you know, when the Wii U version comes out, because people are gonna want to play that even more. As we discussed earlier in the show, the Wii U ones where it's at, the 3DS one's a nicer version, but the Wii U ones where everyone's attention will be. And, uh, and that wasn't the only 3DS success in Japan either. Sales of uh, Dragon Quest X, the streaming version for 3DS, actually exceeded Square Enix's own expectations to the point where they had to stop sales. Yes. The game was selling so well, they had to stop selling the game, because it, it's a streaming game. The servers weren't optimized to handle that many people. We're they making crashed, too much money. They're making too much money. It's printing so much money that it's crashing the server. So they actually had to stop sales in order to fix the server, because there are too many people on it. So in Japan, things are looking much better for Nintendo. But, but generally speaking, that's always the case. So it'll be interesting to see you know, where things go from here in, in the U.S., we're going to the fall. There's more releases. There's the holidays coming up. So I imagine numbers will go up. But I so hope numbers go up. So it's not going to downside them become a Japan exclusive company? Nah, they're not going <laughs> to do that. I mean, they did lay off 320 employees in Europe a couple weeks ago. At Nintendo of Europe. Yeah. With all those freebies they gave out, they had to... I know, they, they, I know. All that money had to come from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, we want to make Hylian scarves for Hyrule Warriors. So I'm sorry, Bob. We're terminating your position. We want everybody to have a Koopa show for Mario Kart. We want everyone to... So, Klaus, I'm sorry, but you have mm-hmm. to leave. We need the glass little case for the Ganondorf in Wind Waker. Umlau, <laughs> you're a grammatical sign, but somehow you work here and you sound Swedish. You have to leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did They did downsize, though. It's interesting because they actually hired... It was their localization team in Europe, basically. <gasps> they hired a whole bunch of temps that knew they would get fired at some point to localize, oh. and now they're going to outsource localization over there. So, just a little FYI. But that, that pretty much does it for news. So, um, over on the game side of things, first of all, um, stick around to the end. Because after we talk about these games, we're going to explain how you, yes you, can win a copy of um, Mighty Gunvolt for free. The e- it's an eShop downloadable that comes with Azure Striker Gunvolt, which is the main, the meat. If uh, it, Gunvolt is the meat and potatoes... And Mighty Gumball is like the soup you get as an appetizer, or the delicious mousse you have as dessert, depending on how you choose, what order you choose to play them in. But uh, Gunball, Azure Striker Gunball, is the real deal, and it's uh, it's actually really fun. It's a um, it's a side-scrolling action game that's very clearly rooted in Mega Man. It it, it shouldn't be a surprise if that's the case, though. I mean, it's from um, NT Creates, which is the team behind Mega Man Zero. They did Mega Man Nine. They did Mega Man Ten. And it's being supervised by Mr. Mega Man creator himself, uh, Inafune. So it's definitely Mega Man in vibe. However, it's not necessarily just Mega Man. It doesn't borrow only from Mega Man. It's kind of it's honestly it's really its own unique game, which is what makes it so good. I think um, it's like there's this, it has its own mechanic. Basically, uh, how it works is you are a guy with a gun and you have electricity. So right, gun right. volt, right? I'm following you. Okay. Right. Okay. So, shocking. so you, so yeah, it's shocking. So you have this gun, and you use it not to shoot enemies. I mean, you can shoot them, and it does a little damage, but you're tagging enemies primarily. And when enemies tag, you then use your electric field, which you trigger just by pressing R, to essentially zap the enemy to death. 
And the more you tag them, you can do like six tags, and you'll zap them faster. One tag, zap them slower. You can tag multiple enemies. And when you do that, um, you get the ability to basically... That's not the right wording. I mean, I guess that's the right wording. Yeah, you get the ability to zap them all at once. When you zap them all at once, your score goes up. Because you see, the game's actually kind of a high score challenge. More so than, say, a Mega Man game would be. Uh, basically, the more you zap in a row, be it all in one go or without getting damaged at all, the more kudos you get. Kudos are basically points. So, the more points you get, the uh, better you do in the level, the higher your ranking is. You can get an S rank, and S plus rank I think is the absolute highest. And this is really where like the replay value comes in, because it's all part of that master scoring system. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just like, there's the Mega Man component, but then there's a the high score challenge on top of it, which is kind of how it forms its own identity. Plus, you can upgrade your character, like in Mega Man Zero, and those upgrades give you the ability to, say, tag more enemies, which then gives you a higher score. So you can go back and play earlier levels with upgrades you got in later levels and get your S plus ranking or whatever. So it's kind of a high score challenge mixed with like a traditional Mega Man, if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, there is more to there is more to it than just the ranking system. How's the flow of the game though? Did it move as fast as like it's, the Mega Man Zero or X game, or is well, I mean, it's like, the, like it the, it the it feels between? frantic. Like I guess the best way to describe it would be frantic. Like it's not. I guess my real comparison point would be a standard Mega Man game. I did not play much of the Zero series, but I know they're more, like, adventure in terms of, like, right? It's almost like a Metroidvania at times. You get... Uh, I think you get, like, a dash ability from the beginning. So everything you do moves, have a dash. Everything, dash is everything there. moves kind of fast. Dash is there, but, yeah. Um, but in terms of this one, like, with Mega Man... Okay, with Mega Man, you can, like, stop and watch an enemy shooting pattern and figure out its pattern and know when to shoot, right? Yeah. In this one, there are times when it does not do that. There are times... There's a level, for example... Um, where you basically you have to keep moving because water is rising. If you don't keep moving, you're gonna die. Thing is, in order to keep moving, you have to run through enemies. You have to climb ladders. You have to try and grab items. There's items in the corner. Don't even think about pausing to figure out how that enemy's pattern is. Don't even think about trying to get that item in the corner unless you're really good, because then you're gonna die from the water. Like it's just a lot more. There's a lot more quick impulse things and less like, oh, I can figure out his pattern just by watching him for like one cycle of his attack before going in. Which Mega Man, of course, has some of that more fast impulse stuff too, but. This just feels more like, um, it feels like it's more central to it, if that makes sense. So it just kind of feels more frantic overall, I guess. But the dash move is there. Um, there's also, there's also like kind of a not hard difficulty. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it this way. It's, um, there are, you're not gonna, you will die, but randomly the main character, who is this girl you're rescuing primarily to, uh... I, you know, I, the plot's the plot's entertaining, but it, it part of it's I'm just like, wait, what? Like basically, there's this girl who this organization is trying to use to like project a song that keeps the people happy or something like that. All right. And she doesn't want to. Long story short, you rescue this girl because they discover that she is someone that can manipulate electricity, much like Gunvolt himself, which are now banned and outlawed because it's a way of keeping the peace. And you know, they scapegoat these people. So she, if you die, she will sometimes, seemingly at random, resurrect you, and then suddenly you can jump endlessly around. You can, like, just hover, basically. Mm. And you have, like, double the health over what you had before you died, you know, over your health bar previously. So it's almost like an easy out mode, except it seems to happen randomly. So there's not really, like, the hard, the difficulty comes in if you choose to do, you know, if you choose to do the high rankings. If you choose to do, every level has uh, sub-challenge, sub-missions, basically challenges, like, almost achievements. Like, oh, uh, kill eight enemies or do
do this in under eight minutes or use only this weapon. If you do those, you get achievements. So there's all these little things that make the game harder. But the game itself isn't particularly hard. Like, it's pretty easy to just blast through. And it's not like one continuous world. It's much like Mega Man where you pick a stage. Kirby's Epic Syndrome? To some extent, but not quite that severe. But and and I was gonna say that it's, it's Mega Man structure in a sense that um, I don't know if Zero Mega Man Zero does, but normal Mega Man, you know, it's like you pick a level, it has a theme, and there's a boss at the end that fits the theme. It does that. But the nice thing about Gunvolt is it's very self-aware and it knows that it's kind of ripping it off because it's all very tongue-in-cheek. The writing's very clever. Um, the bosses, their themes aren't necessarily like, oh, I'm fire, I'm ice, I'm leaf. There's like an apathetic guy who doesn't want to fight you. There's a guy that talks with like Shakespearean like thous and art thous and whatnot. They had fun with it for sure. So it's uh, it's it's enjoyable because of that, but um, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. No, I, I think that kind of covers a lot of it, actually. Um, I guess the only other thing is beyond just beyond just the story, the presentation is very good. I mean, the music, the music's super catchy. The theme will be stuck in your head like instantly. Uh, the sprite works really great, although. I will say, and the cut, actually the cutscenes are really nice too. The sprite work, there is a subtle 3D to it, but it's not like too in your face because, you know, it's a side scroller. It doesn't need to be, there's no depth. It doesn't mess with the depth too much. It's just a little there. And then the cutscenes, they do a nice job of, um, they use a lot of hand-drawn anime, like manga stills. So those look really nice. And they also have a weird obsession with diagonal lines. All the dialogue boxes, like, shoot out at angles, like diagonal and then there's like special corridors where you can get easy like combos, you know, Emmy after Emmy after Emmy that you just tag and zap. Those corridors are all literally diagonal. Like you're walking in it and you're walking at a slant. And you're not only walking at a slant, but it's like kind of a weird, not two-thirds perspective, but it's not perfectly flat either. So it's like you're, I don't know if it's a 3D or what, but it's like you're like walking slanted, kind of not flat. Like slanted at an angle. It's, it's, it works. It's cool. It's just like I've never seen that in a game before. They really yeah, like that. Some of the angles. developers were testing things out from different points of view and angles. Huh? Yes, indeed. But, uh, so yeah, I think, um, yeah, in a nutshell, I would definitely recommend the game. I mean, it's, How I know, much? it's, uh, it's 15 bucks. Cheaper. Oh, I forgot to mention something. Um, what meant the resurrection thing I was talking about, where the girl saves you? When that happens, for no apparent reason, it just tr- switches into J pop. The music, the chip tune goes away, and it's just suddenly a girl singing J pop hmm. for as long as you're resurrected. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's fun. It's $15. There's um, a decent amount of content. I mean, you can get through it kind of quick if you're just, like, you know, going through it without trying to get a high rank. But if you want to go back, you want to customize your weapon loadout because you can collect chips that let you do things. I think I touched on, like, different weapons. Or maybe I didn't. But, yeah, you can customize with, like, um, you know, you can be able to tag more enemies. You can uh, enhance certain abilities. And when you're using your electric field as well, that's something else that's interesting about the battle combat is that you're not... It's not like Mega Man, where if you're shooting at them, that's it, you're shooting at them. Like, with this one, you tag them, but then they're going to keep attacking you, and then you have to zap them, but dodge their attacks while zapping. I mean, Mega Man, you dodge while shooting, but this one's like, literally, you'll be zapping them, and there's a good five or six seconds, they're going to continue attacking you. So if you use the, sh- uh, the electric field, actually hovers you a little. It'll make your jump much slower, but decline, so you can dodge things and maneuver around things. And there's also some light puzzle solving that uses the electric shield, just to mix it up a bit. So, like, uh, you can drag platforms around, like, magnetically and that sort of thing, so it's, like, for dodging lasers. And some of those get kind of clever. Sounds like a good amount of variety. But, yeah, most of them are, yeah, most of those puzzles are really simple. It's mostly an action game. But, yes, to answer your question, it's 15 bucks, it's a good amount of content. I'd recommend it, for sure. And not only that, but it comes with a free bonus if you get it between now and the end of November, and that is Mighty Gunvolt which is almost like 
a demake of of uh, Gunvolt itself. So my Gunvolt's the other game I've been playing. I've been playing the two of these, and my Gunvolt it's it's being built as like an eight bit like I said demake of Gunvolt, and I mean it really is just that. It's the it's basically um, I guess if you think about if you think of it like a Zer Striker Gunvolt is like an ode to the Zero series. Then Mighty Gunvolt is straight up an ode to old school classic Mighty Mega number Man. nine series. No, to Mega Man, which in Mighty number nine is also an ode to Mega Man. But like, if you were to do like a one to one, it's like Azure Striker Gunvolt, Mega Man Zero, Mighty Gunvolt, Mega Man One, basically. Like, it's uh, the game's really short, first of all, but does the the eight bit D make thing like super perfectly. Top screen's only in four by three, you know, it's old school uh, res- resolution size. Uh, the music is super eight bit. The graphics are straight out of the NES era. Uh, you know, the game, you're playing as either Gunvolt, uh, Beck from my number nine, or... Um, so you could literally make it a or, Mega Man game, sort of. Yes, because Beck not only acts like Mega not only is kind of a variant of Mega Man, his sprite looks really similar to Mega Man, and his jump is the Mega Man sprite. I mean, not literally. Like, they reskinned it, but it's the same pose. Yeah. It's Mega Man. So, uh, oh, and the third character is a Kono, who's from a Japanoi rail shooter uh, called Gungal. But yeah, so each character has a special ability. For example, Beck can dash by holding the shoot button. And that kind of gives them variety. But for the most part, you're just running and shooting like Mega Man. Uh, it's it's the levels... Because it's a D-make, the levels are pretty much standard Gunvolt levels. I mean, they're not necessarily exactly the same the whole time, but the majority of the rooms in each level are the same layout. Like, the first level of my Gunvolt is literally the first level of uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt. Mm. Just in 8-bit. And a little sped up. But the, uh, and the kudo system's there. That's the combo system I was talking about. How, like, you know, if you chain together attacks, you get more points, you get a higher ranking. It's just a little dumbed down as well. Like, a little stripped down in how it looks. But, you know, if you, um, there's a multiplier based on how you're doing, based on the enemies you're killing, that affects your score. And they, uh, they also randomly put a whole lot of food into this one. Huh. In, in Gunvolt, your health is, you know, what you would think. It'd be like chip-looking computery things. In in Mighty Gunvolt, kill an enemy. Oh, here, have some grapes, or a piece of candy, or you know, you're just walking along and hey, there's a lollipop in between those things. You can recover a little health. Of course, they have hearts too, but I just thought that the food was like a really random addition. Clearly, um, kids nowadays will relate to that more. I don't know because they like food. Everyone likes food. I don't know. I, I, I know you're just <laughs> saying something to say something because you're. Ob- it. Obesity yeah. rates are higher now than ever. Is that, is yeah, that, is that I still a thing? I think that's still a thing. <laughs> or have they been lowering? No, I think that's still a thing. Um, well, even well, maybe they've been lowering. I don't know. That's but, unfortunate. Yeah, but uh, but but my gumball, excluding the food, or even with the food, it's a it's a fun little di- diversion. It's uh, it's uh, you know, honestly, it's kind of what I thought my number nine was gonna be when I first backed it on Kickstarter. When it was still just a concept, I was like, oh yeah, it'll be like old school Mega Man. It'll look like you know sprite based and da 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 da. And then my number nine turned into three D beast of a game that's gonna be like how a cartoon and stuff and now here's my gumball which came out for free and yeah it's, it's basically what i thought my number nine would be so and, i mean i will say it's that's extremely short quite short there have been people that have beaten it in 20 minutes well, if you like speed run it so that's the downside but i mean it is free and it's not gonna stay short either uh destructoid discovered that in a developer roundtable the team behind the game um kind of made a passing reference to future dlc they basically said that they're planning to more prominently feature Beck in content that's currently being developed. So, they're going to 
flesh out the game in some way. Which they should, because it's really fun, but it's really short. Like, they built this whole engine and everything, and then... So something you, know. you get maybe, like, an hour out of it, maybe? Probably. Yeah, about there. And, um... Yeah, there's nowhere on when that's gonna happen, but considering that it has an MSRP of three ninety nine on com and it was listed as being available independently starting December 1st, I suspect bigger plans are in the works, and we'll learn more soon. But it is free, for the time being, if you buy Gunvolt. It is fun. And, you know, for free, you can't really complain that short. It's free. So, uh, yeah, if you're unsure... Now, the thing is, if you're unsure if you want Mighty Gunvolt, well, you have two options. One is you can buy Azure Striker Gunvolt, which I highly recommend. It's a really fun game, really well polished. It's pretty much as good as any major Mega Man Zero game. Uh, or, alternatively, you can just win my Gunvolt from us, here, at Red Nintendo. What? Yeah! So, what we're going to do... Is I have a code for my gumball to give away. As you learned, it's a three ninety nine value, so that's a savings of three ninety nine. And uh we're gonna do something a little different. For a lot of contests we used to say, Hey, leave a comment at randomtown.com. You're more than welcome. We always encourage you to leave a comment on the blog post for this episode. Let us know what you think of the episode, what you like, what you dislike, any of the news, what you think of any of the news, anything. Just we'd love to hear from you. But for the contest we're gonna do it a little differently. Go to go to Twitter. And follow us at Ram Nintendo. If you have Twitter. If you have Twitter. Not everyone has Twitter, I guess. We'll make a Twitter because you want to win this game because it's true. fun, albeit short. And then what we're going to do is a week from now, this podcast goes up, I believe, on the 21st of September. So sometime in about a week from now, we are going to pick a random follower and give them the code. So we'll be tweeting out closer in the deadline and everything like that. So follow us at Ram Nintendo for that. And another reason you should follow us is because you don't want to miss any of the content we have coming up, including um, an, our next vidbit, the second in our We Play Video Games and Talk Over Them series, which will be all about the original Super Smash Bros. You know, with the new one coming up really soon, it only makes sense to go back and revisit the game, the OG, the game that started it all. So we have that coming up, and we also have our next episode coming up in two weeks, uh, which will feature Hyrule Warriors. And that's actually coming out the... the um, the episode is Smash Bros. Weekend. You can expect that on October 5th. So, you know, if you need to rest your eyes from playing from the 3D messing with you from so much Smash Bros., you can come listen to our podcast. And um, both full High Rewarders impressions that episode along, of course, with other games and the latest news and whatnot. So, yeah, there's there's stuff a-brewing at Ram Nintendo, most importantly being that contest. So follow us at Ram Nintendo. Subscribe to us on iTunes to so make sure you don't miss those High Rewarder impressions. Um, in terms of us personally, if you want to get to know the real Jason and the real Jose, you can follow us on Twitter individually. I'm Jason, or no, sorry, I'm JSR7. Jose is Wero. Does anyone guess spell that? I'll spell it. W-E-I-R-O underscore O. And that's also your Meverse handle. So if you want a friend to follow Jose on Meverse, it's Wero again. Make it easy. And I make it more complicated. You can find me at Jason R, because Nintendo would not accept only three letters of JSR. Or four with a seven. They wouldn't take that either. So... I said, you know what, Nintendo? You could break your rules. I'm going to use my full first name, even though you say don't use personal information. So I'm just a rebel like that. Hmm. You know, some people, like, rebel in serious ways, and I choose to just spell my name out. So yeah, that does it for this episode of Random Nintendo Podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening. Be sure to follow us at Random Nintendo for your chance to win my uh, gumball. We'll see you in two weeks' time with Link Button Mashing Madness. Yep.